Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show is called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all of the ages, episode 167 is here. I am bequeathing onto all of you this, and we're going to go into education mode tonight. Education mode. First, we're going to talk about what we talked about the roundtable and wrap that whole thing up. We're talking Taker's Fellwell. I have to talk about the stealing of moves in pro wrestling and why that's a bad thing, folks. Stealing's bad, okay? We're going to talk about some other stuff that we brought up in the past, wrap that up into a bow, and of course, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room. I haven't had a chance to talk about this. Neither has Brother Dave, but we're going to talk about it right now. Unionization. Is that a possibility, or is it just as dead as it was in the 80s? We're going to find out right now. Welcome to our series on Friends of Mind, and now your host, AJ Ocini. How the hell is everybody? This is your boy, and your other boy, from exactly <laughs> the same person. We are your hosts of our series on Friends of Mind. I'm AJ Ocini, of course, here with Brother Dave. And that cold open, that cold open there should give you the indication I'm not in a good mood today. Now, I'm not angry as fuck i'm not even frustrated as fuck i'm cranky i'm cranky as fuck <laughs> i'm not in a good mood cranky, at all. Yes. cranky cranky is is the, the 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 nice version of it uh mm. that's that's uh it's it's a, a lot of things culminating all at the same exact time but uh i got some beefs that I gotta do, that I gotta take care of here tonight, and I made time for it, motherfucker. We're gonna do this because uh, some people were pissing me off, not at, not because of what they were saying, but because of a how they were saying it. My God, aggressive, aggressive. exactly. Why? And because it's a fool's argument. If you, it, this is this is gonna be a fantastic opportunity for people to learn tonight that it's only best to argue with people when you know what you're talking about. When you go into a conversation cold and you don't know what the fuck <laughs> the argument is even about, and but you do the old, uh, what was that, the Steve Carell, like, well, I don't know what I'm yelling about. That's, that's <laughs> well, you're going to have to enlighten me because yeah. I was so confused about all of that. Okay, yeah, so I'll if you shine all, some light, maybe we'll, I'll have an opinion. But we'll, right now, I'm just confused yeah, as all We'll hell. talk about all of that because that needs to be squared away. Uh, we'll get to that. I'm talking very vague right now, but the specifics are incoming, folks. First, the first piece of business that we need to handle here is we just came off of the heels here of another successful. Thank you all. Another successful. I ran the numbers here. We're somewhere, we were somewhere in the thousands on that stream uh, for the round table. Stephen James, Joe Pombo, of course, brother David and myself, uh, the survivor series round table. Now I thought the numbers would tremendously increase uh, once we got to the taker part, which is pretty much what happened. 
uh, our numbers uh, definitely went up when we started talking about that tournament bracket. Uh, Brother Dave gets a nice piece of credit there for emceeing that whole shindig. Uh, mm. I almost lost two friends right at the very beginning. Uh, <laughs> I almost cut them off completely from my life. For them I to double down, shocked, the, the, the fact that they doubled down the next day did not help their case at all. I'm feeling a little different vibe from two of my best friends here. But uh, we'll live and we'll live and let live. We we had the same final, but boy, Mm -hmm. oh boy, how we got there. I tell you, it tells a lot about the man. That's uh, the road traveled, as they say. But you did a good piece of business there hosting that that whole Survivor Survivor Series thing down. So I want you to continue the hosting duties here and go ahead and take us down the card here. Your This is your show right now. I'm just going to shit on whatever it is. I'm going to find a unique way. Let me see. There's seven matches we got to talk about. I'm going to find a very unique way to shit seven different times. <laughs> seven unique situations in which I will be doing some shitting. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, start, kind of run this down for us. All right, let's talk about SummerSlam. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yo, I've been doing that all week, dude. I told my friend, I'm like, yo, you saw SummerSlam? He goes, huh? I'm like, dude, it was just on. Did you watch it? He's like, you mean Survivor Series? I was like, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> oh, my God. All week, the, dude. The, all biggest, week, the biggest show of the fall. <laughs> so if I can give two. a quick synopsis on what I thought about the pay-per-view, uh, I actually was much more impressed with it than I thought I was going to be. Um, just real quick, I thought what I thought the match, the match of the night was going to be was, and I'll call it when we get there, and I was surprised by the five men, so we'll get right into it. So the first... The first match was off TV. It was The Miz and Mysterio's uh, Dominic Mysterio, which is they showed a few clips from it. Uh, would you get that anything was a battle out of royal. that? That or, was a battle royal. Yeah, well, eighteen okay. man battle royal. Yeah. That's how much I cared about it. That I yes, you're right. It, <laughs> it was, was a down battle to royal. Those two nitwits, yes. <laughs> it was a battle royal, but the last two in the ring was The Miz and Dominic Mysterio. So I do yeah. apologize. Yes, that's what that was. Um, what was that? Was that just something like enlighten me? Was that just so kind of like a dark match for people there? It or didn't was mean something anything for the pre-show so that they could take a piss before <coughs> the main show. Started. Okay, it was. So it's not going to lead to anything. Literally meant nothing. And, and okay. the funny Good thing enough. is, is the people in the ring wrestled like it meant fucking nothing. So to the me, then the only reason why they would even. So to me, then the only reason why they would flash that on the screen mid pay per view is just to show that the Miz was on was in the ring. Yeah, basically like in a nutshell, uh, he's the current Money in the Bank holder, so he has some status. It was a way to get him a victory on the show without without actually being up. on the show. Yeah, without muddying up whatever gotcha. they had planned for the main show. Um, gotcha. I didn't like the fact that Dominic Mysterio was the last person. There was really no need to have him be because they did the whole deal where like they teased it. So Miz, uh, I don't know if you saw this part. Miz, yeah, he he got like knocked out, the ropes. but he wasn't out. Yeah, out. He wasn't right. out. Out. He did the whole "I'm gonna wait until everybody else fucking kills themselves." The old tired trope of, "Oh, I'm smarter right. than everyone else because this hasn't been done a thousand times." So. Dominic eliminates I forget who and who cares, and then he believes he's won, so he's slapping the mat, doing the whole, you know, he like he just won the WWE title. He just 
He's excited for himself, and then Miz eliminates him, and he's even more excited than Dominic was. That's so funny because that tactic is usually used for someone who could very well be a champion, but there's another guy who, which like, should be the champion. So that's a way to kind of like overthrow him without beating him. But it's so weird to see that tactic with Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. With Dominic Mysterio, the Miz. Anyway. The only way he could beat Dominic was to outsmart was him. To outsmart he him. To okay, moving past this because we are losing brain cells just talking about it. He All right, let's get into the real Dominic. deal here. The first one was the five-man tag match, which I stand by what I say was going to be a boring match. However, I thought it was way better than I thought it was going to be. I was entertained by it for the most part. Right. Like I was ready for it to be over, but it it wasn't that bad. I I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't like hard to sit through. What did you think? What did you get out of it? Just same, was, same as what you thought. This was a a TV match. This was a raw SmackDown match. No one got over, no one, nothing stood out. Uh, they didn't fuck anything up. But they didn't. I wasn't enthralled by this match at all. I, yeah. and, and speaking of tired tropes, this particular match, the ten man tag, the elimination match that took place at Survivor Series, is usually the one where they kind of go all out with the spots. They mm-hmm. give a, they give each person like a little moment here, and they, they didn't do any of that. I don't yeah, remember no. anything about this match, and it just happened. No, and I'm confused because I did. I'm confused because I did miss Raw before this. Right. How did like two people that I'm pretty sure lost ended up in this battle royal or this this five man tag? They were already on the team when they had that loss. So that like they they all won qualifiers to be on the team, but then just like we said at the roundtable, they for some oddball reason this was the one year Raw and SmackDown couldn't feud with each other physically. I don't understand why this was. So both teams feuded with each other. Right. So they had like triple threat matches and tag matches and they just kept beating the shit out of each other leading into Survivor Series. And I don't understand why they fought. Okay, so that, that makes work, sense. But... What you guys were saying makes sense to me now. And yes, that is really weird. I don't understand no, why they, they did that. that. <laughs> there was absolutely no connection between Raw and SmackDown until this match. And it showed because I didn't care. And, and Raw, how do you feel about Raw just I, when down. when they were up five to three, I I saw okay they're gonna sweep it because I just assu- and it was and I said it too I I remember it being in the house I said Jay's gonna be last because I assumed the whole reason that they swept them and this is an assumption because we're recording this now on Friday uh, SmackDown technically hasn't happened yet but I have a feeling the head of the table the Tribal Chief is gonna be none too happy. That Team SmackDown was swept at Survivor Series, and he's going to bring swift change. He's going to have to start nipping some people in the butt here. And uh, he keeps telling everybody it's his brand, it's his brand. So if they did this specifically just to push the Roman Reigns deal, this is this is ridiculously bad. Horrifically yeah. bad. You didn't need to waste five guys just to continue a push that was kind of already working on its own. It didn't need the Survivor Series team to be completely fucking swept and in disarray. Otis was a waste of space. Seth Rollins gave himself up in the first five minutes. Didn't even That was weird. Him. What what was the purpose it of was, that? Was, Am I missing no something? Purpose. No, I you're not missing anything. Nothing was explained. Okay. We have no reason. He will probably give a reason, like I said, tonight. 
So for everyone listening to this on Saturday, I apologize. We didn't get, we didn't get a chance to see the follow-up here. Maybe if anything interesting happens, we'll follow it up on the next episode, but I doubt it very seriously. I have a distinct feeling they're just going to fucking walk right by it like he didn't even fucking do it. And there's yeah. people online speculating, well, did he do it because he didn't want to face Riddle? Because he's got this thing. He, he told management straight up, I will never get in the ring with Matt Riddle. He does not like Matt Riddle. Matt R- R- Riddle, For real? real shit. He he would Why? just assume because Riddle, be, before he got signed to the WWE, he used to talk a lot of shit about the WWE. Then when he got to the WWE and he was confronted by the people he was talking shit about, he doubled down. He doesn't give a fuck. He's an MMA guy in a pothead. He doesn't give a fuck about fighting. <laughs> I'll fight you right here. He doesn't give a shit. Right. So he doubled down on it. And Rollins pretty much told Vince and a bunch of other people, I don't give a shit how he feels. I am never wrestling that guy. So that was kind of already established long before this. Like, this was established back in the summer. Mm-hmm. So when this match was pitched and he did the whole sacrifice, a lot of people were coming out. Or is it because he didn't want to wrestle Riddle? Listen, <laughs> it's five on five. If he doesn't want to wrestle Riddle, he doesn't have to fucking wrestle Riddle. This isn't... This is not that type of situation. Rollins is not going to purposely tank business because he doesn't like a guy. So, no, it just didn't make any sense. If he comes up with a cockamamie story tonight, like, I don't even know what can he say to make sense of this. I don't it, even know. You can't because no one in that ring had anything to do with I, with the storyline that they were working on yeah, SmackDown. no, nothing. The whole higher power, like, he's new to SmackDown. The only guy so what you're tell- So, actually, what you're telling me makes that make sense that he has a personal thing he didn't even want to touch the ring with that guy he walked out of the ring and he just left and it is what it is and if that's what it is then i find that's weird you well, just if you're that's just what it is then, weird if that's what it is that i gotta tell you that's bad business and that's why i don't yeah think and you're setting it. yourself up <laughs> you're just setting yourself up to get picked over a guy who hasn't been there that long yeah. because you're doing bad business. And let me tell you something. The original bro is ama- I'm with I'm with the ride. I love that guy. That guy, his gimmick is funny and it's cool. The whole flip-flop thing when he kicks it yeah. and the pyro goes off, you got me hooked. And then him in the ring is just it, it's just amazing to watch. So he's just setting himself up to fail if that's what it was. If it's not, then I'm ready for the storyline. If it is, then people have Rollins fatigue as it is. And from what we're understanding, he's gonna take imagine that. I can't even believe I'm saying the words out loud. He's gonna take paternity leave. Anyway, in just a few weeks, he's leaving anyway. So, I don't know. That, yeah, he's just not, he's not really doing well for himself right nah, now. Doing he's, this, he's he's either way too comfortable or he's just in that don't give a shit mode right now. If he really because believes he thinks he's, he's just going to go to AEW, no, no, he's not leaving the WWE. They're not going to let him go. He's a franchise player. But that's my point. Like you, you have a lot of equity built up from doing things the right way for a number of years. You you getting Becky Lynch pregnant is not going to make you fucking unstoppable, okay? A lot of dudes get girls pregnant, dude. You're not special for this, right? We've all got a cream pie or two under the resume. You're not special. Jesus Christ. I don't know what makes him think. I don't know. I don't know what that thing was. I My thing is, is that even if it was Riddle, like, he did it. He didn't do it like that. He did it, like, in a storyline greater. It's for the greater good. Do it. Do well, I mean, it's a smart like, way to do it. It's a smart way to do uh, it. It's only a smart way if he has a legit explanation as to why he did it. Well, yes, if he goes I, on I TV and then just not even mention the fact that he did it, then that's not smart. 
That's just dumb. It's like, okay, you're not even going to lie to me? Like, you're not, because whatever he says is not going to make sense anyway. It was just poorly executed. It's just dumb. He didn't build toward it or nothing. He didn't hint toward it. It wasn't like leading up to the tag match. He's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to show you. Watch. I'm going to make the greater good. I'm going to make the sacrifice for the greater good. He just knelt down and did it. Right. And then left. And it was never talked about again. The announcers didn't even bring it up from my memory. So I don't whatever. know. I don't know. It looked weird. Um, but yeah, all in all, wasn't as bad as <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Um it was okay. I mean, I thought it was gonna be far worse than it really wasn't. So <laughs> your bar was really low for that. It was so low. So the fact that I didn't mind watching the whole thing, <clears throat> excuse me. The fact that I didn't mind watching the whole thing, um, you know, whatever. I'll take it. Right. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. The, we got the Street Profits. <clears throat> Jesus. We got the Street Profits versus New Day. Right. Um, tag team I was, let me, tag let me team. ask. I am a little confused. I saw Big E come out with a New Day. I, mm-hmm. What's going on there? Did I miss something? Because like I said, I missed last week's wrestling. So no, did I miss not, something? It had nothing to do with last week. What they're doing with that is it, it was two things. It was a promotional thing because they're the new unlockable or DLC characters for fucking the new gears coming out. I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and that was set up before the draft. So before they were split up, when they were still the trio, they were right. all included together. Now, the draft happened and uh, Biggie stayed on SmackDown. Woods and Kingston moved to Raw. But the reason why people are confused and you're not the only one who was confused. I got a lot of people on Facebook who were like, what the fuck is this? We've been preconditioned that the draft means split. Meaning when you get drafted to another brand, that means you're no longer associated with this other person, right? Tag, this, is a, this is the way that they've used to break up tag teams and break up stables. Whenever they want to start pushing individuals, they go, okay, well, this the draft selects this individual. Oh, shit, I guess we're not together anymore. They got drafted to different brands, but they've been very vocal about the fact that they've never split up. We're still the fucking New Day. They're still running a podcast together, and they're still selling merch together. They never split. So on a pay-per-view like Survivor Series, where the both brands are on the same show, they're together. <laughs> I'm assuming right. moving forward, that's going to be the same deal. They both come, they still come out to the same music. They're still wearing the same attire. They're just doing it on different shows. So a lot of people were like, I don't get it. I thought they broke up. They never broke up. They just got split in the brand. Uh, the brand split. That's it. They're just doing it from different Different buildings now, that's all. And it's easier to do now because, remember, they're not on the road. So it's not like, you know, SmackDown's on one building and Raw's in another building and they're barely seeing each other. They're all in the same closet every fucking day. So it's easier to keep with the whole, oh, we're still a stable thing. So that's that's basically what that's about. That He just came out and did whatever. But uh, this was the match of the night for me. I don't know how you felt about it. Uh, it was a great match. I, I, it wasn't my match of the night, personally, but it was it was a really good match. I enjoyed it. Um, again, just same thing we were saying last week. Montez Ford is just so entertaining to watch. Man. His energy is just that promo beforehand. Oh, oh my god, it, he's just so good, dude. In the ring, on the mic, talking, he's just so comfortable. He just, just exudes greatness dude now i do see this is my first time really kind of seeing him in the ring 
in, in a big match, and I I can see some weaknesses. Yes, a clearly, little bit, yes. nothing crazy, <laughs> but he but Absolutely. the but the tag team. It's one of those things that made me. Now I know that I'm not comparing. It's just what it reminded me of, and it reminded me of uh, like an Edge and Christian. I'm not saying that they're Edge and Christian. Yes. Hold on. All Clarify I'm saying is, is it really reminded me of an Edge and Christian? And what brought me there is when I was watching this and really just keeping my eye on Dawkins as hard as it was because you're just drawn to Montez. I wanted to see what Dawkins is actually bringing to this. And this is a small sample, and I'll continue to watch this more. But this dude's big, too. Like, he's really good as well. I, I don't know why when I first saw him, I kind of – I get, maybe it's just an outshine thing, but when I really start to look at Dawkins and see what he's doing when he talks and as he wrestles and the story he tells as well, he's right up there. He he's he's with them. He's hanging with them. I just think he just slightly gets outshined because of the charisma. But that's what really made me think about Edge and Edge and Christian with these two. How they're both really good, but for just some reason, Edge is just that spotlight. And the spotlight's just kind of on him. Mm -hmm. So we'll see where it goes. Um, but, yeah, the tag team is great because I think it's getting them more comfortable in the ring. Them by themselves right now I think would kind of hurt both of them. So seeing them as a tag team and, and getting that practice in together, that's what really kind of sparked my memory of an Edge and Christian. That's what I got out of that. So. You, you and I are going to have to agree to disagree on Dawkins. But I, okay. I can see. Because I've seen Dawkins since day one, and while he's gotten better, I've he's always been the shits to me. And, and, okay. And it always – this particular match, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give this. This particular match is the best match I've ever seen the Street Profits have. But – they were in there with arguably the greatest WWE tag team of all time. And when you're in there with a guy like Kofi and you're in there with a guy like Xavier, you're going to look good. <laughs> you're going to look good. They can't – Woods and Kingston at this stage in their careers cannot, if they wanted to, they can't have a bad match. They can't. They're just too, too fucking entertaining. They cannot physically – do it they can't accomplish that goal but i loved yeah. this match up until the finish and that's when hell came into my life with <laughs> at the end of this particular fucking match but i'm gonna hold off on this because this is so gonna get, get its own segment yeah let's finish this because that shit's gonna get its own segment so go ahead yeah what i have right. after this no, okay, so um, so next up was Bobby Lashley versus uh, Sami Zayn, yes, and this yes, was uh, doo doo. Yes. This was oh my god! I wanted to skip it. I wanted to skip it so bad, but I just kind of sat through it. It was bad. I don't know what. No, let me not say I don't know what. I I know what they were trying to do, mm -hmm. and they're really trying to give Bobby that push, man. I'm just I'm not buying it. Sammy B. Oh, you thought so... the problem was Bobby? No, I oh, okay. thought the all problem right. was Sammy. Oh, but okay, all right. Okay. It was the story he was trying to tell that made that match really bad. And the way he was doing it, it was just bad. Like he was just running away from him. I really thought they were going to go at each other. Bobby was going to use brute force, throw him around like a rag doll a little bit. Sammy was going to get his stuff off. And then it was going to end the way it ended. 
the fact that it played out the way that it did was just insane. Most of the match was Sammy just running. He got his hands on him a few times. Few moves moves were exchanged only to get gripped up and get choked out like by submission to lose. I, I just felt super sloppy. The story was not told correctly. And honestly, I just don't even know why they even tried to tell a story between two people who aren't going to meet up again. They just should have had a match and just called it a day. So I don't know. I that this was bad. I it was a bad match. The problem with Sammy and Sammy's been consistent. So I'll give this to I'll give that to Sammy. His matches have been consistent. That shit that you saw him do with Bobby, he's done with everybody. Uh, we we had a similar conversation. Me and a few people, I think, on this show after WrestleMania, uh, the one that was in the broom closet. Uh, we we had a conversation about uh, WrestleMania because he had a title defense against Daniel Bryan uh, at that at WrestleMania. And, and a lot of us were like, oh, this is going to be great. Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? This is going to be ridiculous. And that match looked just like this one. Just like it. Now I want you to remember something. You're critiquing Bobby Lashley. But imagine this same exact match with Daniel Bryan. At WrestleMania. No, no, no I'm not critiquing. Like, That's the thing. I'm not critiquing Bobby. I said... Sammy was trying to sell something. They're tr- the push that they're trying to do. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he was like trying to ride that push. It's like I mean, if he does this to other people, then it's not. It's just Sammy being Sammy. No, but yeah, it looked was... like he was trying to make Bobby look away. It wasn't a comment on Bobby. It's what Sammy did. But that's what yeah. I got out of it. Yeah, Sammy has been doing this chicken shit heel deal where he's trying to. Uh, confuse people and talk around people and run and hide and try to outwit and which is great uh, when you're a heel and, and those are all tools that you would use as a traditional heel he's not doing anything like he's not reinventing the wheel right he's doing your prototypical heel shit the problem is is that every heel has a few tools in the chest Right, he always has a few things. I'll break this out here. This will get some heat. I'll break it out here. You know, every heel uh, figures out throughout the course of a match. All right, I got to cut him off here. This is where we're going to put heat on him. I need the crowd to get behind this guy that I'm facing, and blah 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 blah. What fucks me up with Sammy is that Sammy does not use a tool or two here and there to generate the heat and be the bad guy. He uses 17 fucking tools in the same fucking match. He's eye gouging. He's pulling tights. He's talking to the referee. He's distracting. He's he's doing every heel trick imaginable in every match. Has he been a heel before? Yes, he's been a heel before. But Has he done it right? Yeah, actually, to be honest with you. And then they, okay. I don't want to say NXT because he was like super duper kiss the baby's baby face in NXT. But, uh, so why his, now? Because I don't think they, I don't think they know what to do with Sammy. I think they see Sammy and they see a good hand. They see a guy who can get in there and have good matches. But other than that, there really isn't much to Sammy's aim. And I know people are going to hear that. And they're gonna go, are you kidding me? He's hilarious, or he's this, or he's that. He is. See, it's not about who you entertain. It's about how you entertain them. And Vince McMahon is the one who needs to be entertained. Right. And if Vince McMahon is not entertained, then you're wasting your time. It doesn't matter how many times you make the audience laugh. And if Vince, because if Vince doesn't get you or understand you, 
You're not right. going to be here for very long. Yeah. And word on the street is is that people behind the scenes find him more annoying than anything else. So while they'll work with him because he's a great worker, safe, this guy, you can do a lot of cool shit with Zami Zane if you can get past his mouth. He just needs to knock he it just, off. He's just so energetic, and he's so all over the map, and he's so ADHD. He cannot fucking help himself. So I have this distinct feeling that every time he sits down with an agent to go over these matches, he is just barraging these people with so many different things that eventually they're just like, you know what, Sammy? Do whatever it is you fucking want to do. I don't even care anymore. Bobby, if he gets out of hand, just fucking yoke him up and choke him out. Okay, because at the end of the day, this is supposed to be simulated combat. And in real fucking life, Bobby Lashley would pick his teeth with Sammy fucking Zane. If he was short on Charmin, he'd grab Sammy by the gruff and wipe his ass with Sammy Zane. And there was nothing (laughs) Sammy Zane could fucking do about it. Right. So they're trying to do the chicken shit heel thing, and it's just, I don't mind the way that Sammy plays the heel. I actually think it's cool. He just needs to dial it fucking back. It's too much. You can wrestle. Be a heel whilst wrestling and then right. slow it down and then cheap shot and he was trying to use the hurt business he was tr- there were yeah. times he was doing all kinds I, of crazy stuff i felt like there were times where he caught the hurt business by surprise <laughs> like they didn't know he was gonna do some shit and they just looked at him with his face like what the fuck am i supposed to, you're not even supposed to be talking to me bro like what are you doing right. He's right, just, he oh, look, oh, look at this referee. Oh, look at that. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll up Bobby. Oh, my vertigo, which was a callback to a match they had a year and a half ago. Yeah, they said that. <laughs> yeah, a year and I remembered it when he did it, but that's because I pay attention to this shit. If you haven't seen wrestling in over a year, you don't know what the yeah. fuck he's talking about. And the announcers don't sell it right. They don't explain it thoroughly. Yeah. So they're like, oh, Jesus. They probably didn't know he was going to do that. No, crazy. they probably didn't know. Right, exactly. He's just on their fault. He is in there winging it, bro. He's just, man, let me, let's just call it in the ring, bro. Like, what? Do you think the fans got, and I think, I think is, I'm, I want to try to make this a thing for myself when I acknowledge it and I it comes to my brain. I'm going to try to remember to ask this stuff. But do you think the fans not being there has something to do with the fact that he's just throwing a bunch of shit on the wall because he doesn't know, he, he can't know what's sticking? No, I don't think that's the case at all. I think in his head, this works. This is gold. This is amazing. I'm so yeah, fucking but good. When the crowd not reacting, you not getting the reaction. No, because the, if, if, if he was doing that in a, in a, in a, because it depends on the audience. This is what's horrible about wrestling in front of live audiences today. Because if he's booed for what he's doing, he's going to spin that. He's going to say, yeah, I'm fantastic. That's why they're booing me. I'm doing my job on my heel. But they could be booing him because they just don't like what they see. Not because he's being a dick. And it's the other way. If he's doing it and then they start cheering or laughing or whatever the case may be, he'll spin that. Well, you know, they're so used to seeing me as a baby face. They think I'm joking. So I just maybe I need to do more so they realize I'm being serious. You see what I'm saying? Like In his head, this is as right as right can be. Right. You just got to trust me on this, guys. It's the long game. Storytelling. <laughs> like, it's like, bro, no. You, I mean, he did everything but the salt in the eyes. 
I'm like, he pulled out every fucking heel trick in the book. And it was this, this was the shortest match on the card, seven minutes and fifty seconds. It wasn't it felt it like the longest. So long. It felt, it felt like it felt so like long. Sami Zayn was out there doing improv comedy for fifty minutes, and I was it's like, like hit me, hit me at one point. I'm screaming at this guy. Hit him, yes. like for real, Black for real. His shit, please. <laughs> I'm begging you, Bobby Lashley, finish this shit for oh, the love man. of all that is holy. All right, this all next right. Gonna be quick. So, watch this. Go ahead, watch. Watch the next one. It's gonna be quick. Watch. Moving on. No, no, no. We're not gonna be quick. What you mean? We're gonna be quick. Watch, no, watch. no, 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 no. Go ahead. Sasha Banks. Yep. Oscar. Yep. There it is. I think you should eat shit for this. Why is that? Because you said Sasha was gonna fuck this up. Yes, I did say that. And you believe she fucked it up? I wouldn't know because I didn't watch it. Oh, what? I didn't watch it. You you purposely doing, skipped it. I, I purposely, I I went to the other room. I let it run because it was live. And I was like, I have, I have zero. Interest. Tell me why. Because I've why. seen why? Sasha Banks versus Oscar seventeen hundred fucking times, and the finish, and I didn't watch it. I don't. I didn't even see who won, and I didn't go back because I didn't care. But I promise you this: I bet you it was Sasha Banks, right? Well, yeah. Okay, well there you go. So I don't need to see it. I I, I could put the I technically speaking. I didn't sit in front of the TV, but I promise you, in my head, I saw the whole match. Dang. I saw the whole match. She did. It was a good match, though. I'm sure that it was. They always have good matches, but that's my point. I've seen it 1,700 times. I've seen it 1,700 times. Okay. Well, I really thought, okay. I mean, I was. I literally was watching this one so close just because I wanted to be like, all right, let's see. So far, if it's good, it's good. Let's this... see what happens. And she she killed it. I think this was really she's on a good run good. right now. Sasha Banks, she's on a really good run right now. That's why I thought she'd go over because they're gonna ride this out. Well, if they're shitting on her about her losing the belt all the time, I mean, that's they're gonna not have why. to have her start not beating people. That's not why. That's not why. Boom. That's not why she Boom. went over. My wife said it from across the fucking room. Mandalorian. That's why she's winning. Ain't got shit else to do with nothing else, dude. Right, They've been treating her. They have, she's in the Mandalorian, the Star Wars show on Disney oh. Plus. Did not know that. I didn't did watch not it. know that. See, okay, there you go. But that's what I'm saying. She she's on a fucking Star Wars program right now that everyone's talking about. Everyone, especially today, today, like the Survivor Series happened on Sunday, but the uh, uh, Asuka Tano episode was today. Right. So everyone on Earth who has a Disney Plus fucking subscription right now, this is all anyone's talking about. And that's why right. she's on top. There's no other fucking reason. She spent how many years, bro, in the WWE being a punching bag? Today, she's on one of the hottest television shows, not WWE. And now she's the SmackDown Women's Champ. She can't be touched. She's the best thing on the planet right now. Best all right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I didn't know that. So yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. But for what it's worth, man, she is doing great. She's I, always been great. They just didn't see her as a as on top. But if she That's was it. so great, why why do they give her the belt and then take it away? Because I'm confused. They, is this they, a writer's they, thing or is this a Vince thing? Okay, no. See what happens is is this is see, this, what happened this, was no. This is something they've done. For years, people don't see it this way because they have revisionist history. But what happens is, you, Jack Swagger was a world champion. 
Great, <laughs> great Kali was a, a great champion. And I'm not saying she's shitty like these guys were shitty. What I'm saying is, is that sometimes they'll drop a belt to someone as an experiment, right? And, they, and right. they'll put themselves in a win-win situation. If I put the belt on this person and they get over the way that I hope, right. then we've got ourselves a new star. That's great. If we give the person this person the belt and they don't succeed, we'll drop the belt. And then moving forward, we can always push this person as a former world champion. Right. right? They'll always have that tagline so that when we restart the push or if we repackage or whatever the case may be, when we re-attempt to get this person over, we always have in our back pocket that in a big match situation, this person has won before, right? So it'll build some drama up later on. Sasha Banks was one of the greatest NXT champions of all time, period. There's no conversation. Even now, with all the great NXT women's champions they've had since Sasha, I can make a strong argument. She's still easily top three of right. all time fucking NXT champion. She was that good. She was fantastic. And then right. she came to the WWE, uh, the main roster, I should say, and she was only really looked at as a good hand because of her size. That was always the issue. She's 89 pounds. Okay, when she eats a lunch, you can tell what it is because the silhouette's in her chest. You do, She is <laughs> up as petite as petite can be. And what screwed her was the first female main event for a pay-per-view was Charlotte and Sasha Banks in the Hell in a Cell. That was the first female-led pay-per-view main event. They said, okay, we're going to give the stage to the ladies. We need our two best workers. It's the only way this is going to work. And they had Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Okay, those are our two best workers. Let's put them inside the cell for the title. They've already had a great program, which was true. They, they had great matches leading up to Hell in a Cell. All right, let's put them in the cell. Let's end their feud with that, and that'll be huge, right? We'll make some history. And they went in there, and they shit the bed. Mm. It was bad. And what killed it, the exclamation point on the bed, was a powerbomb spot where Sa- Charlotte was supposed to put Sasha Banks through a table, and the table won. Okay, mm. live on pay-per-view main event. Here's the big spot we've been leading to, and it was a popcorn fart. So from that <laughs> from that moment forward, that's it. You're you'll always she's always in the main event. She's always uh, in a top spot, even when she's not the champion. She's always pushed and looked at as a top star. Right. But she's never the woman, the one on top, ever. Damn. So you could give two shits about this match. I, uh, it's not about caring about the match. I've seen it. They weren't right. going to do anything. It's Survivor Series. It's not like a Mania match or a SummerSlam match or even a Rumble match. For right. some reason, Survivor Series, although it's a big four, is still treated like every other fucking show. So, no. Right. It, it's This was, just like I said earlier, the 10-man tag was a match I could have very easily seen on TV on my DVR. I, I, I knew this was what it was going to be. And just to prove my point, now that I'm, we're talking about this, I'm going to go back and I want to watch this, and I bet you it's going to be exactly what I said. It's just TV match. That's it. And the right person went over because they need this, this, this run right now. Did you? Since you didn't know about Star Wars and Mandalorian, let me tell you another piece of information that's circulating around. It's hilarious. Okay, the director of, of Mandalorian, John Favreau, who everyone knows as uh, was it? He was a, he's an actor, of course, with Swingers and 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 a bunch of different films. He was Happy Hogan in Iron Man. He was the director of Iron, of Iron Man, and right. he directed uh, Jungle Book. He's been all over Disney. That's why he's a. I don't know if you know. They have, Disney has a Hall of Fame now. He's in the Hall of Fame for Disney now because he's done so much work for him. 
And they yeah. asked him about Sasha Banks. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, to get in a, a, you know, an athlete like that to come into this role and da 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 And he was like, yeah, I didn't even know she was in WWE. They're like, oh, yeah. so then how did you know about Sasha Banks? Oh, I saw her on Hot Ones. You know the the, the YouTube channel no, with the, with the oh, Hot Ones? I know Hot Ones. Yeah, she that. was on Hot Ones. And he was like, yeah, I saw her, and she was real charismatic, and I liked the way she, you know, her look is exotic. I was like, yeah, she needs to be, I want her in Mandalorian. And then when she got on set, so they interviewed, and WWE was never spoken of, and then they got on set, and because her name is Mercedes Vernado. So the whole time she's talking to this chick, he's been referring to her as Mercedes, and then they get on set, and someone referred to her as Sasha. And he was like, what the fuck is Sasha? I was like, yeah, she, She's the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, and John Favreau is a is a, re- a reputable like he we people have known this. He was a wrestling fan back in the day, but apparently he's fallen off somewhere because he didn't even know he had the SmackDown Women's Champion on staff. So he just saw like, some chick on Hot Ones. He just saw some chick on Hot Ones. How like, wild is that? The dude is like, choosing yeah. people off of Hot, hot ones. ones to be in one of the well, most he learned, famous franchises of all time. Yeah, he learned a lot about her history. And when he he said when he when she discussed WWE on the Hot Wings, he, he said, admittedly, I wasn't really paying too much attention to the thing because he was doing something at the time. He thought he was she was discussing an interest of hers. He didn't realize she was like a wrestler, like on the show all the fucking time. I don't know, man. I'm not buying, dude. That's all <laughs> way too many coincidences to lead like, you to a role in the Mandalorian. It's like I don't Fuck even out of here. I'm not buying that. Even shit. if it is, the fact that they would go that far just to shit on Fuck the WWE. Out of here, dude. It. You're selling it, bro. But I'm not buying this. Shit, <laughs> oh, I thought it was Fuck hilarious personally. I'm like, so, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> So this the next into the next one. Yeah. Be, the next match should be Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre because this the actual next match was so garbage that and the fact that it was the second longest match. Yeah. Longer than the five man by like five minutes. Yeah. It was only like a minute shy of the main event. D. OD, bro. There was no reason for this match to go as long as it did. It was. Tr- for the finish here's that it had, too. Here's the thing that is starting to, like, this is the thing that started to catch on to me that was really starting to annoy me through this pay-per-view, is why are we trying to sell to, uh, tell storylines here? It's a clash. It's supposed to be a clash of titans. Champion versus champion. This is one of the things where it could just straight up be an exhibition. You go in there. You have a match. You tell a story within that match, I guess, and then you move on. I don't care how many times Nia Jax put Lana, who is her teammate, yeah. through a table. I don't care that she did that nine times. It's awkward when you tell, point at the stairs and tell her to stand there, and she stands there like a little kid, like she's being bullied. It's weird. Why are we watching this? And the fact that – and the, the other thing that kind of – Stood out to me. Yeah, was go ahead, that, let it out, boy. This, go ahead, you feeling it? Dude, Bailey, Bailey did all this carrying the team, captain, yada yada, and she was out in the first five minutes. Oh, I saw that coming with all the captain uh, enthusiasm. So that means you are going fifteen to seventeen minutes long without your biggest star. Yeah, the chick who couldn't seem to lose in the last two years. 
was gone in five minutes. She's getting her ass beat by everybody. Tom, Dick, and Harry. In general, she's getting trashed. So I don't know if she's trying to pay it forward or give a bump. Like my brain, my brain. Well, like trying to push someone, get someone, because there's a lot of. I get it, but I mean that's. I mean, pay it forward. She gave. I mean, that's like being a virgin for forever and then losing your virginity in the gangbang. You don't have not everybody has to hit, bro. Like Jesus Listen, Christ. All I'm saying is what it looked like is they took the star out and then let the rest of the people here, who are all people to me that are fairly new except for Natalia, uh the you know, the the push in the match where they have a great match, but it just fell flat, man. I I was so over this being done, you know how you said the seven minute and fifty second match felt like forever, dude. This felt like an hour. This felt like it took an hour. It was unnecessary storytelling. I don't give a shit about Lana, nor do I really care about Nia Jax. This was just, oh, this was so awful. Here's the only thing I don't care. Uh, that I don't I care you watch this one. I watched most of it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, how could you not? I couldn't fit, stay away from the my living room for a full 23 minutes. I am sure. <sighs> Here's the one thing about that storyline that I do care about, and it's not a positive. <laughs> we haven't talked about the whole, because it's been eight weeks in a row, and we've done a really good job of avoiding talking mm-hmm. about this shit for the last eight weeks. But here's the one thing about this whole situation that I do care about. I no longer, and I want all of my indie buddies to listen to me. The table spot is now dead. This 125-pound woman has been drilled by a 300-pound female through a table eight straight weeks. Not a scratch For what on her. Not a scratch, bro. She, she went through eight tables and then won the Survivor Series without, taking a, without stepping into the ring. She didn't step into the ring. She didn't step on the apron. She was on the steps the entire match. Eight that straight was so weeks, unbelievable. Bro. That was so unbelievable that when she did the the body drop out up on the other side of the rail and to go run into the ring, I swear to God, I literally said out loud, I think they messed that up. I don't think they did that on purpose, which was weird. And then I noticed Lana, because I forgot all about her, we're standing on the outside, and I'm like, Oh, okay, I see what they did here. And then I go, Why? Like, like, what was the purpose of that? I there's nothing comes out of this at all. I'm so confused. Maybe you could shine some light on it. I I, I cannot. We're, oh, we're gonna be in the dark together. I don't know how any of this was supposed to go. I can't tell anymore. This is what annoys me so much about. How can you have a absolute? I'm, I'm more livid about this match than I really thought I was going to be. How do you have someone so phenomenal? Who I'm just absolutely falling in love with with Bianca Belair in this match and that happened first of all she wasn't even in the ring this is a 23 minute match (laughs) Bianca wasn't even in the ring until the last two minutes yeah and Bailey was gone the first five your best who was this match for Lana I assume. I assume. I don't know. The worst one in that ring, and there's a lot of garbage in there. Yeah, of the ten, she's the weakest, and it's not even close. Like, I can't even look at the. If I look at the names on this list of all ten women, 
It's like Nia Jax. I'm over it. Shauna Bailey Baszler. I I I, I need to watch her more. Baszler. She's dope on her own. This team thing. Her on the main roster is no good. I just no. listen. I'm not. I'm not interested right now. Not to say that she. I'm not gonna say she's garbage, but I'm just not interested. Lana, no thanks. Evans, I'm good. Peyton, she looks weird. I don't know what her deal is. She just looks. She's weird. not good. She's her and Billy Kay were a good act together. They're not good wrestlers, right. and they're trying. And she's the one who eliminated Bailey. They split up the iconics for Peyton Royce. Right, because right. Vince is in love with Peyton Royce, but guess what? She's trash. So she's Garbage. not going to do anything for you. Go ahead, keep and going on line. Bianca's their best athlete, who should, who should have literally been fifteen to sixteen minutes of this match, and it would have not been that bad. Fifteen at all. to sixteen minutes, I'll agree on the time. This uh, that and those fifteen or sixteen minutes should have yielded two to three eliminations. Yes, she should have shit on two of them. One Lana, of them being Lana she and probably yep. Peyton as well she or Lacey. One of those three getting shit on by uh, Bianca would have been perfectly fine in this she match. She should have eliminated uh, uh, Lana. She should have eliminated Lacey. She should have eliminated Jax. And at the point of elimination with Jax, Shayna should have choked her out. Yes, because Sudden. that would have so been that, so that Bianca was burned out yeah. and she literally killed four right. people. So that's what I'm saying. El- el- eliminating Nia took Everything she had, she's vulnerable in that exact second, and I mean instant. She eliminates Nia, crowd pops, Shayna chokes her out. Bam, let's lock you know it what? in. No, fuck that. Let's leave the match exactly the way it fucking was, and how about she does the big back body drop outside of the fucking rail, and she gets in on time, thinks she won, but realize Lana is still in play. Lana gets in the ring, and she fucking kills her and wins, in which then she just did the same exact thing with bigger names, right? She doesn't necessarily beat Baszler or ba- however you pronounce that shit. She got choked and then they got rid of her because she couldn't control herself. That's fine. You don't weaken her character, but she still gets an elimination by that fact. And she can kill Lana at the end to make her look even better. And this match goes off much better, at least in the ending. See, and to prove your point further, I'm looking at this now because the page that I have in front of me not only has the teams, but it has the eliminations for the men's team. Sheamus, Styles, Riddle, Strowman, Lee. So they booked it where each individual of the team got an elimination, right? Right. So then you go to the women. Peyton got one. Natalia got one. Lacey got one. Shayna got one. Liv got one. Naya got one. And then the whole count out deal. It is qualification. So, same thing here. How the fuck is anybody supposed to stand out if everyone gets a turn? Everyone got a turn. someone in this match that could quite literally be the future of women. With the exception of Shayna, Bianca could murder anybody in a physical contest. We'll murder everyone in this ring. Can we talk about Bianca for a minute? This woman is beautiful. <laughs> oh my god, she's got it all, dude. Maybe that's why I'm so mad right now because I just she's see the complete so much package. I wanted more. This woman has it absolute. Like the fact that she is she married to um Montez Ford, yes. She's married to him. Like that makes all the. They're sense gonna have the, the most athletic human being to ever live. 
you want to talk about two human beings looking at each other and sparks exploding and like people who should be together, these two are gonna make the most talented babies yes, in the fucking said, world. The most athletic she, human being ever. Right. <laughs> like she's ridiculously strong, athletic, and mo and, and it doesn't and she looks beautiful. Like she doesn't yeah, look she's like she's able to she carry all that still be feminine. By looking like disgusting, ripped and jacked and big yeah. shoulders and shit. She's very feminine. She looks amazing and she just kills. Dude, I could talk about her all day. She's got charisma. She's she doesn't great. have her bump card is almost empty. She didn't come off the indies. She's right. a, she's a legitimate athlete, a five tool athlete, all American. She's got everything. Charisma, could cut a promo. Even she's the hood, so even the hood promos, where she's like uh-uh. <laughs> I know somebody's probably going to kill me for this, but after watching um, the Street Profits and seeing her so far, I need to watch more. I know I'm coming into this kind of, you know, in a weird place, and I need to see more to understand what I'm saying, so don't kill me for this. But as far as all this stuff goes and in the ring right now, I need to see more of Bianca, but I feel like Bianca's got Montez in the ring. Just the way the she ring, takes yes. bumps, the way she moves, the way she kind of – oh, the way everything is just – it's a little bit better. It's noticeable. It's a little She's, bit better. She, what you're seeing – because they're, they're, they've been doing this the same amount of time. So what you're seeing is one is more natural to it than the other. Montez is a freak athlete. He can do a lot of crazy athletic shit, but the work right. aspect of wrestling, the timing, the footwork, being in the right spot, flowing with a bump, selling, all that shit, Bianca's better. Right. She's she you could see it. And, and she's working is with less talented on the mic, people. So it's like perfect balance. Yeah. Yeah. He's a better <laughs> promo, obviously. And believe it or not, like like Bianca's charismatic, but I mean Compared to Montez. I mean, who has more charisma right now on the planet than Montez? Oh, my God. Dude, we could do a whole fucking episode on these two, dude. I, I am in absolute love with both of them, uh, dude. Maybe in February we'll do a Black History Month episode on just these two. Dude, I, no, you laugh, but I'm mad hyped for that. No, we should do a Black History Month episode. We should. Not, not? just them, but, like, the largest segment of it. Well, you know them. what? We have a lot of great. You know, African American athletes that that have been pushed to the moon is not like before. <laughs> before, like if we would have did this a black a, a, a black episode, like I don't know, five years ago, that would have been a short ass episode, my man. That would have been like thirty minutes. Yo, you remember Bobo Brazil? Like, uh, like we would have been bringing up, like we would have had the the Wikipedia. Was, some of these dudes, we have a whole new generation cool. now. Yeah, we're doing that, dude. We're doing that. that. There, there's some great. African-American moments we can put in this bitch and talk about some great wrestlers up until present day. Who well, fuck it. I mean, what's, what is it, May? Is May Latin heritage? You want to do like a fucking Latino one, too, while we're at it? Yeah. Dude, I'm with, with, I'm with all the shits, man. Diversity. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Diversity in our podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, all right, moving on because yeah, that fucking go. women's tag went a lot longer than I thought that was going to be. Probably just like that to itself. So, um, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, my match of the night. Oh, this Ooh, was your match of the night. Was okay. this, was this, it was everything I was, um, like when, when we finally find out Drew was going to be in the match, this is exactly what I thought the match was going to be, what it ended up being. And it ended up closing out kind of the way I anticipated it. Anyway, was it James who called for a um 
like an interruption or a gimmick or uh, someone said it. I don't know. Maybe it was you. It was someone in the chat because I said it out. I read it. I think oh, okay. it was James Branch. He was like, okay. I think we're going to get some Orton interference. And I was like, right. Yeah, well, there possibly. was interference, but it wasn't Orton. So. It wasn't Orton. It wasn't Orton. What did you think about this match? Did you finish it or did you just I, get yeah, I watched it all the way through. I thought it was a good match. Um, I, I didn't have – I kind of went into it with uh, horrible expectations because this is a champions versus champions match. You're putting yourself in a lose-lose here. Somebody's got to take the fall here, and you're trying to keep both of these guys as interesting as possible. Uh, Drew just got the championship back, so I think it's a little bit more believable right now that Roman would have the upper hand in that situation. He just came off of a brutal war with Randy Orton, and Roman, let's face it, has been cruising pretty much since Hell in a Cell. Right. So, so, so fatigue-wise, okay, I get it. Roman's going to have a little bit of an edge there, but... I didn't like the fact that Drew lost this match, but somebody had to lose it, and I don't, I don't want Roman to lose right now. So yeah, it wasn't going to be Roman. It wasn't and this actually Roman, ended right? up being the perfect way to end this. Drew takes the L. Roman gets the bragging rights. Yeah, and for now, right. He lost it in a way where it's like, yeah, you can say he lost, but like, did he though? But but all the gimmick aside, let's just talk about the actual physicality of the match itself. Yeah, dude, this McIntyre guy just—is it me? Am I weird that I get like Triple H vibes from him? It's not weird, but the and reason why, the reason why you're getting Triple H vibes from him is because he's found out the secret sauce, and this was the one that Triple H found out, and a lot of wrestlers that came after Triple H figured it out. And it's a lot of veterans will tell you that one of the biggest calls or, or respect that you can get from a, a peer is that a, a wrestler can get in there with anybody and pull a good match out, right? And normally that entails, you know, strict thinking. Okay, this this is when we're going to do mine. This is when we're going to do yours, right? There's there's planning involved with this. But Triple H found, and I'm not—I'm sure he's not the first guy to do this, but on the WWE level, he's definitely one of the more bigger offenders of this, where it doesn't really matter the type of match that you have so long as you find the right pace. If you right. find the right pace where it's just enough action to keep people hooked but slow enough to where everything means something and people can register what you're doing, that kind of, when people say, well, they're wrestling the WWE style, that's kind of the WWE style. And right. these two guys have absolutely mastered it. If these two wrestled on an indie show or an AEW ring or a New Japan ring, that match would not look like this one. This was right. perfect for the WWE. It was just the right speed. It was just the right amount of impact. Two big bulls going at it, but it wasn't. It didn't feel like a grudge match. They well, were just two guys figuring each other out. Right, and the thing about that is, is now that you say that, that it's it's like clicking to me. You're right. It did. That's probably what felt so good about it. Like it, I didn't feel. I hit a. Um, I hit the flow. You know what I mean? We were in a flow with the match. Right. We we weren't bored. We weren't trying to rush it. Like it felt good to watch it. And you're just helping me realize that I think this is why I have a lot of problems with some WWE matches is because I think the flow and the speed that they had in mm -hmm. this match only worked because of these two guys and their stature. 
it's okay if they move slower because their body frame and their size and their strength tells me that if he punches me in the face, <laughs> he doesn't have to hit me 10 times. I'm going to be dazed. Yeah, I'm going to take a that. second to fight back. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like right. their hits are supposed to be powerful, but slower. And that's why that story comes off a lot better when I watch these matches. And it's other matches where you find smaller people like the Miz size or something like that doing that type of match where it's a lot slower, where it's just like, dude, I know you guys got more in the tank. Like, can you just, can you go? Like, go. Why are you moving so slow? You can get, like, ten more spots in here if you guys just keep going. Yeah, it's all about the pacing when it comes to the WWE. You, it's, it's what fucks a lot of people up when they're, you know, indie stars or from a different company and they're so used to not having limitations. Uh, the WWE is pretty much the king and captain of limitations. You know, they'll tell you, like, oh, yeah, we hired you because we like what you were doing, but can you do it differently here? You know, that's what's right. most key. That's why so many stars have a hard time transitioning over. Ricochet right. is my biggest example of that because I I worked with Ricochet, and I remember telling Ricochet to his face, uh, that style does not work for you, Papa. That's not for right. you. That's not what you do. That's not your strength. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time that I worked with him, he was much younger, so right. I'm sure he was like, oh, you know, young kids are like, oh, I can do this forever. I'll be right. doing 630 splashes in my 60s, no problem, right? Right, right, right So he right. gets to the WWE. Obviously, he's super talented, so obviously he should be in the WWE, but I am I was looking to see if the game was going to change, and it did. The problem with that is now is that it shows. It, it's not the same guy. You're. It's even for him, slowing down the way that he did fucked his whole aura up. His whole swag about him is something that's just off. It's not the same energy. It's it's hard for right. these people who have been doing this for so long to transition. That was Drew's problem the first run because he was a tall guy, obviously, built like he is. Well, he's bigger now, actually. If you look at some of his older WWE stuff, he was a lot frailer, smaller than this. But he was still a, I mean, for his frame, he was still a pretty big fucking guy. But his whole deal was, is I'm an athlete. Right. I could do a lot of cool shit. Watch this. And it's cool when you, when you can do big, big guy, little guy shit. That's awesome. But it doesn't, it's not a consistent thing that you can do all the time. So in order for that to work, you've got to slow down. And he couldn't, be honest with you, he couldn't slow it down. He didn't right. know how when to do this move and how to buy time to the next move, how to make, you know, one one of his biggest moves, the Glasgow kiss is a headbutt. That's all that it is. It's a headbutt. But if timed right, you can utilize that headbutt at a lot of places and it makes sense and the crowd will be behind it and blah, 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 blah. Roman has been geared from day one with that style. That's the only style he, you know, in all honesty, it's the only style he knows. He would be really hindered not being in the WWE because that's the only speed he knows. If he went to New Japan, they would light his ass the fuck up. Right. Because that's not what they do. AEW, that's not what they do. NWA, that's not what they do. That's a WWE thing. So it's good when you get two people like this who are on the same page. It's like, all right, listen, we're we're going to take our time, but when we hit each other, we're going to make that shit count. So just, you know, just so you know, as we as we call it in the business, there's gonna be some live rounds. Okay, we need we we need the people to buy in, and they were very physical at the start. They started slowing it down somewhere in the middle, and then you kind of got this feeling like the 
the like the claymore was coming, and they, they've played up. They've got their moves so set in people's heads that it's easy to play off. Of. And I give them extra credit for doing this shit in an empty room, because right. matches like that, that pacing, that timing, it's right. much easier to get when the audience, when you're feeding off of the audience. They're in a closet. Yeah. There's no one there, so they have to figure it out by feel. Okay, right. this. Okay, now we do this. Now we. Okay, no, hold off. Wait, let him get his shit in. Okay, okay. And you have to fill it out. It's hard. Yeah, it was a great match, though, man. I really did enjoy this one a lot. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say it yet. But Roman's got me. Roman's got me on the hook. He's got I, your attention. That's it. That's all he needs. He's got him, my attention now. Let him earn where the they, rest. where they go from here. Uh, we'll see because I really don't know how long they're gonna be able to milk this Jay Uso thing because I don't care about it now. I understand it. They yeah. need someone. He needs something to do because her, his brother's out, right? Right. Okay, so I it's get gonna it. It's gonna be easier. Some... Yeah. Good. No, I was gonna say just at some point. Like I said, I'm hooked. I'm afraid where this is going to go because I I don't see where it could go. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe you see something a little different than I do. Well, the Jey Uso thing is definitely a placeholder, right? That's just what it is. Let's be honest about that. This is a situation where they uh, they lucked into a scenario. The Jey Uso thing, the start when they when he won that match and and they're going to put him in the main event of Clash of Champions against Roman. The whole deal that was never supposed to go past Clash of Champions. That was never the plan. They looked at Jey Uso as a burner situation. They're family, so it's an easy story to tell. It's The whole point of that whole thing was we need to get Roman over as a fucking bad guy. Period. Right? right? I know people are going to say, well, we've, we've wanted him to be a bad guy for forever. No, fuck you. We, he needs to be an actual one. Not one that you guys like and will cheer for. We need him to be an actual fucking heel. Right. This was a way to do it. He's going to go in the ring. He's going to kill his family member, and then all of you will hate him. Where they locked out was apparently Jey Uso can cut a hell of a promo by himself. And that whole storyline really fucking took off. And then right. when they did the, like, it went really well. And they went, all right, well, let's do the rematch, right? Because we've got time. Because September and October sucks. This right here, Survivor Series, is where it really kicks. Because then we got the TLC pay-per-view. Then we've got the Rumble. And you know the rumble leads to. So this is the real part of the season here where it kicks in the high gear. So you probably said, fuck it. Jay's money right now. We're, we're killing time anyway. Fuck it. Let's put him in hell in a cell. And that got over. So now they're like, oh, shit. They may have accidentally bumped into a new star. So they're like, all right, well, we'll still do the bloodline deal where we'll put them all together and we'll just buy time now until Jimmy gets back and now we've got a full stable. Right. But... The whole point, let's not lose focus of the plot here. They have figured out the secret sauce with Roman, finally. It only took them well over a, close to a fucking decade, but they figured it out. Who knew that a guy that tall, that dark, that physical, all he had to do was just let him not say a bunch of shit and just beat people up. Who, who could have figured? Mm. But that's what's been going on, and that's what's been working. So Yeah, but to be at the high end, man, you got to be able to talk. You can't do that forever, and that's my fear. If they're going to go through um, Jey well, Uso and have well, him beat him down. Well, no, then... he's doing his own talking now. Roman, you're talking about, right? Or Jay? Yes. 
No, 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 Roman. Like Roman's he can't. Talking. He's a guy who's just quiet and beats people. He's not, dude. He's been talking this entire time. As a matter of fact, I'm shocked he's been talking this much. I don't really see a per. If he's gonna do this much talking, I don't see a purpose to Paul. That's where they lose me. I know Paul's writing his shit for him, but I, I don't see a purpose for Paul being there if, if Roman is, because so far Roman's done most of the talking on his own, and I know that. You know, Paul's supposed to be his representative. So for the times, like he said in the ring with uh, Drew, you know, when I'm busy, when I'm doing whatever I'm doing, that's when Paul kicks in. But he's so far, he's rarely been busy enough. He's been doing all the talking. So I don't. Who knows? Maybe Paul's just a safety net. Maybe they're like, look, we want to push this guy. He's got this issue and this issue. Paul solves all those problems, right? Paul hasn't gained any heat for him so far. He's kind of got his own heat. Maybe, like, he's the safety net. And, like, look, we really need him to get this go this time. Let's put Paul with him. If he starts to kind of fail a little bit at that, we just give the mic to Paul. He don't got to say nothing. He can just bust everyone's ass. But who knows? Maybe that put a fire under him or something. But you're right. Lately, him talking, him on the screen, him being who he is, dominant, the leader, it's working right now. So I think Paul's just kind of sitting back seat. Yeah, Look, right. he's riding the bench right now. It. I don't get it. If you got it, you got it. If not, I'm going to step in and we're going to keep this ride going. I think yeah, that's why he's there. I could be wrong and just talking completely case, out of my ass. In case this dude fucks up, bro. I need you to stand right yeah. there. Fuck this. Fuck this. Be like, yo, call your audible on this. Bit. Give me the microphone. Son. <laughs> Fuck nope. he got that shirt, though. I want that shirt. Head of the table, son. That shit's great. Yeah, so I think we're done with Survivor Series at this point. Yeah, I think we're pretty good. But you brought up a good point. You start out strong. You go. You start as you start to get that longevity. You're starting to get that. Uh, you know, you you're going at a certain pace in the beginning. You're feeling hype. You're you're building momentum, and your body just starts to break down, and then you slow down, and it's very obvious. Like. Like you were talking about Ricochet, where not anything bad, like he's he's bad at what he's doing or whatever the case may be. It's just you can tell when you love someone for a way that they are, and then they have to change the game up because they're trying to go another 10 years, yeah. but you're not gonna do it at that pace. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta learn how to A do that and B do it in a way where it's like it's unnoticeable. Right. Which brings us right into hard. our next topic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If you want to try to avoid limping for the rest of your life, take heed to this guy. <laughs> uh, Which brings us right into our next Right topic. to our next topic. So the pay-per-view did not end with a main event match. It ended with a main event farewell. Mm. It ended with the celebration, if you want to call it that. Because it wasn't, there wasn't really much celebrating going on, to be honest with you. But they, no. they had one of the most confusing segments I've ever seen live on a pay-per-view. In forever, yeah, people are gonna fucking kill me for this, but I I was bored. I didn't understand any of this. I was like, what? I almost t- I I almost turned it off out of sheer respect for the man himself. I kept it yeah. on, but I was like, is, anybody else, is, I would have turned this shit off. I skipped through the entrances, you know, the ten second button. So I just kind of skimmed yeah. through the entrances, saw the words, skipped through the entrances, listened to Vince. Skip through, listen to The Undertaker, and it was done in, like, five minutes. I didn't understand a single fucking thing that was happening, except for the actual part where he spoke. So for those of you who didn't get a chance to see the pay-per-view, I'm going to draw a very quick picture for you of why I was confused. Okay? Because we're 
we're ending the pay-per-view with a fucking segment, which I have to look back. I don't think that's ever happened <laughs> on a pay-per-view before where we ended on a fucking segment. Like, like it was Raw or SmackDown or some shit. It was the weirdest fucking thing. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to have uh, guests come out to celebrate the final farewell for The Undertaker. So they started doing entrances for mad people. Big shows out there. Mick Foley's out there. Shawn Michaels is out there. Like, just... Just people. The Godfather was back. Sans Holes, which I have no purpose for the Godfather. He ain't covered in bitches. I don't, <laughs> there's no reason for him to be out there. But he's out there. And they just went entrance after entrance after. And I'm like, damn, boy, how long is this celebration going to be? Because there's mad people in this ring. It was starting to fill up. And then they went from that to a video package about The Undertaker, which was a really awesome video package. I was kind of into it. I was like, this is cool. And then when we come back from the video package, everybody who was in the ring is fucking gone. Social distancing, baby. So I was like, wait wait a second. Everyone's gone but Vince. So I'm immediately confused because I'm like, what the fuck was the point of all those entrances? Nobody said a fucking thing. There was no celebrating. Nothing happened. They, just, they did entrances and then they fucking left. And then it was just Vince who... Looks like he was in a nap beforehand, or I don't know what was up with his eyes. Is it just is the old man that we all call him the old man? Is is, is it official? Old, old? Like this is for real now? Uh, he's probably emotional. No, no, no. I, he was clearly emotional, dude. But I've seen, I've seen him now. This is I think throughout the course of the coronavirus, I've now seen him. This is like my third time seeing him, and he just looks like he's, like he's sick. Like something's physically wrong. I don't know how to. I can't put my finger on it, except for the fact of just sheer old age. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And he's getting emotional, which is fine. I mean, he yoked this nigga out of money for 30 years. You, when when you've done when you're done fucking your finest hoe, you get a little emotional. And, Can we and, talk about that, man? That's insane if you really think about 30 it. This years? Guy's 30 years. All right, well, hold on. I, let's not bury the lead on this, but, it, you know, in all honesty, folks, it hasn't been 30 fucking years. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's still a very high number. I'll give it to him. A lot more than everybody else. Why do you say it's not 30 years? It's Where not, are they getting 30? Are they rounding no, up? No, 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 because he, they, he debuted in 1990. Okay. So it, he debuted 30 years ago, but he hasn't had a 30-year career. He stopped wrestling well, full-time like six, seven 30 years, years ago. He, he did, but that's not what they're it. saying. They're not saying 30 years from his debut. They're saying he, they're celebrating thirty year a 30-year career for The Undertaker, and it's not a 30-year career. It's not. He re- this is why I think uh, Paul Green, my buddy who's usually in the chats, I don't know if he's going to hear this episode or not, he, he hit me up as soon as it was over. It's like, bro, I know you got tears in your eyes right now. And I'm like, I do not. I, I, I have dry red eyes. I, I'm, I don't have emotional tears in my eyes because I, in my mind, he retired years ago. I said my fucking goodbyes to him a long time ago. I was done with him a while ago. The shell of the person that was getting into that ring these last few years is not my Undertaker. Right. That's not the way that I'm going to fucking remember him. The last, the night that I said goodbye to the Undertaker, in my mind and in my heart, was end of an era. WrestleMania 28. That Hell in a Cell match with him and Shawn and Triple H, they set that up. As the end of an era, this is the last time you're going to see these three guys in this capacity ever again. 
Enjoy it. Take it in. This is the last one. So I did. I followed the directions given to me. So from that night forward, I never gave a shit again. And where are we at now? We're going to be at WrestleMania 37. So that was about eight years ago. Roughly mm. nine years ago. And that was the last time he wrestled as a full-time competitor. So it hasn't been a 30-year career. If you pop, if you pop up for work once or twice a year, brother, you're not a, you're not, that's not a career. You're just making guest spots. It's a cameo appearance. Technically, he's still on the record. He's still on the record. Doesn't he's matter. Had matches, so. uh, just because you said you're good, boys, his statistics this, still stands. This this whole thing was for him because he and, and and I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm happy he got this moment. A and B. I think it's a moment he needed to have because the greatest of athletes. This this doesn't even have to do anything with pro wrestling. To be honest with you, the greatest of athletes have a hard time letting go of their profession. It's hard for all of them. This is all they know their whole lives, and then one day they wake up and they're too old to do it. It's very, right. very difficult for any athlete to look at himself and make that decision, and then it's extra hard to then make that decision and stick with it. When you see other people playing the game that you love so much, it's very, very, very hard. I sat through, and I, and I reviewed a little bit on the show here, that last ride documentary where it was six parts and it, it broke down uh, pretty much from the end of the streak from 30 all the way to last year's whatever. Actually, no, they, yeah, they broke it all down. And I think uh, live footage from 34 to 36, about two years, cameras followed him around. And it was by the end of it, I think it was supposed to be a celebration of his career. But by the end of it, Dave, I'm going to be honest with you. I felt sad. I felt sad for him. Not because of his physical condition, because he's accepted that. I felt sad because it dawned on me watching this documentary. He will not be a Steve Austin. He will not be a Shawn Michaels. He, he's old yeller. I, and I saw it on the face of Vince McMahon on several occasions throughout the course of that documentary. You're going to have to put a bullet in him. He's not going to stop. One minute he goes, yeah, I think this is it. This is my last go-round. And then he'll go... Well, you know, I got the call. You can't say no to Vince, right? So he trains and he tears every muscle in his body to train for a 15-minute match. Yeah, but isn't that's the part I was bringing up, man. Isn't that kind of like on Vince for manipulating that, Absolutely though? Absolutely. 100%. That's why when I we were talking just a second ago about him being emotional in the ring, I, I gave the analogy. When you're done fucking your finest hoe, it's hard because you're not going to find another hole like that. Because we'll all the holes that, that follow him will not make the mistake that that hole made. Because that's, look at the world that we live in right now with WWE superstars. And we're going to talk about that near the end of this podcast here with the whole union debate. But wrestlers today see The Undertaker. Look at the fucking condition he is in. He has beat himself to shit, and he—if you—if you—if you put a gun to his head and said one more match, he would fucking do it happily. You don't have to do the gun; just ask him. Just ask him, and just be like, "You want to do one more?" Taker is one of those individuals. I, he would rather die in the ring than leave it on his own accord. He—he just—he—he he said it on Stone Cold's podcast leading up to the farewell. <laughs> I have the passion to do this. I want to do this. But I am coming to the idea. 
I can't do it at the level that I once did. Taker, with all due respect, you couldn't do it at a high level eight years ago. This is not a situation of I want to leave on a high note. He didn't want to leave. And it's 100% on the McMahon family. Fuck just Vince. They all got to take a piece of this pie as to why that man will never live a happy, pain-free, normal life ever again for the rest of his life. That man gave his body and soul to that company, and they all laughed to the bank while he broke his shit. They took the most loyal wrestler they ever had and beat his ass to the ground. Even at their own accord. What was the point of him and Shane McMahon inside of a Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania? Who the fuck was getting over on that? Nothing. Shane wanted a match with Taker for shits and or giggles. That's it. They beat this man's body to shit. So yeah, they owed him this farewell, I guess. Sure. But like I said, I'm not the only one that feels this way. He has not been the same man for a long time. The last person to figure it out was him. That's what this was for. And that's why I felt sad. That's the only part I felt sad about. He should have had this farewell years ago. I'm glad you said all of that because it leads me to my main point that I wanted to make when I watched this. Think of literally everything you just said. Let it sink in for a second. Mm -hmm. Now his farewell was in an empty room full of monitors. Yeah. And they didn't even turn the monitors fucking on. He, for didn't get, he didn't get a chance to feel the energy. He didn't get a chance to hear, we love you. Yeah. He didn't get a chance to hear, like, you still got it. Thank you, Taker. Mm-hmm. He didn't get any of those moments that I'm literally saying right now and getting fucking chills for. He, this he was didn't to get be that. A- he, he killed himself yeah. for the business. A phrase that he says himself, it's for the business. Right. And his goodbye wasn't an epic match that he had against someone that he loves and wanted to put over looking up at the lights. Like I always used to hear you say, you go out looking up at the lights. Yeah, you go out looking on your back, looking at the lights. lights. I've always heard you say that. Where did he go out? out. In an empty room. In an empty room full of monitors. And you know what? With a hologram of Paul Barra. And you know what? That day. You're getting me hot now about this because well, it literally it's so makes fucking, me fucking sad. It makes about it. now it's making me fucking angry because they're <laughs> in control of this. The McMahons yeah. are in control of this. They looked at the business aspect of 30 years Survivor Series to Survivor Series, right? 30 complete years, full circle. They looked at this card, and they said we need something else, and they jumped on this. And I just think, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but this is how I would feel. I gave you my body. I gave you my soul. I gave you every drop I had, every moment from the moment I got here to just last week. If you would have told me to put the gear on and wrestle this dude, whoever it is, I would have fucking done it. Right? He gave up his undefeated streak to a man who did not need it. And he this didn't agree to so it. so much better. And don't show me 3-0. and I don't yeah. want to fucking see that. That yeah. pisses me off. I don't know what that 4 is going to ask you what that 3-0 is for. And don't tell me it's for Survivor Series. Because I don't give a fuck. That's not the stat that anyone cares about. Yeah. You gave his record away to someone 
who did not need it. And he didn't want to give it to him. Because they, uh, Steve Austin asked him about the streak on his podcast leading up to the farewell. And he said, uh, as soon as Vince came in the room, I knew that, that was it. And he said, uh, to be honest, I didn't think it needed to be Brock because I can't make Brock any more bigger than he already was. And he said with his own mouth, that streak needed to go to Roman. That's who needed it. Roman needed it. Not he Brock. said it. He even said it on Brothers of Destruction. He said, "Going in when I entered that building, yeah. I was going over. Yep, I was going over." And then Vince came in and said, "I need you to do this." And he said, "Uh, okay." Like in his mind, like I really don't want to do this, but it's for the business. Right. I would have rather given it to Roman. I would have rather given it to Roman. But and, if Vince says it, I do why- it. It break my, broke my heart. And that's what twice twenty something years of work down the drain on a whim. For a man a who fucking doesn't fucking whim, need it. On a fucking whim. He just decided. Who's ever gonna have it. that run again? Never. Ever. It'll never be duplicated. And what kills me even fucking worse, all these things that he did. Bent over backwards. This is why he had so much respect in the business. Bent over backwards. He did everything he was asked to do. Right, and then some. Right, everything he was asked to do, and you gave him his farewell farewell in a fucking empty room. In an empty in an empty room. fucking room, surrounded by fucking nobody. At what point? Okay, and the thing that makes it even crazier is: Do you remember the point of which the undefeated streak became an actual thing that they talked about? Flair when he wrestled Flair in X Eight. What was his record at that point? Uh, that's the match he became ten and zero. 10 and 0. This dude went nine WrestleManias and unintentionally went over every single time. Do you that does anybody realize how fucking nuts that is? That he was so important to what they were doing for unintentionally that he needed to go over nine times in a row and they didn't even realize how important he was they said, for nine oh, straight wins. Shit. You've never lost the most important event. In all of wrestling, yeah. Let's keep that going because that's a re- that's something important. Oh, but right when you're about to get to the point of retiring, we're gonna take it away and give it to someone who does not fucking need it at all. No one needed that. No one does. No one. De- no one deserved that record from him. If there was one thing that that man deserved after all the work he put in, I don't give a fuck who you're next an up and coming star. Fuck him. Let him go figure it out or give him another match somewhere else to put him over. He deserved that record. And well, see, I disagree on that. I disagree on that. Not that he didn't deserve the record. That's obvious. But at the end of the day, he was taken advantage of very much so taken advantage of because of his whole, well, it's for the business mentality. But that streak, uh, because it was an unintentional streak, I can see your point where, like, just let him have it because it's untouchable and a guy that great deserves to be separated from the pack just for that record alone. Because if he would have stayed undefeated the entire time and then he wrestled, I mean, he retired, like right now he just retired, and he would have remained undefeated. That's him in a bubble all by himself. He's, he would literally be the head of the WWE table forever. Cemented. He'd be a god. That's Zeus, right? So I can see because it was unintentional, because it was so organic that it just happened naturally. But they were sitting on a, on a gold mine here. 
And the whole, because even he said, if I'm going to give it to anybody, then it should have been a particular guy that, because whoever beats the streak, right? Let's take Lesnar out of the equation. Whoever beats the streak is cemented. You just beat God in his, in, in heaven in a one-on-one fight, right? You're, WrestleMania. That cements you. You're a top guy, period. You could never be an underneath fucking guy ever again. So when he sat there and he said, I would have loved to have given it to Roman, that I get. Because Roman, at that time, uh, not 30, but uh, 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 34 when they fought, right? That that was way past his prime. And 30, uh, if you're going to pick a single time, I'm going to tell you right now, WrestleMania 32 would have been perfect for that, as a matter of fact. Dallas, 100,000 people. They're in Texas, his home state. I forgot who he... Oh, that was the night he fucking wrestled Shane McMahon. Uh, had, he stayed, <laughs> had he stayed undefeated at least two more years, then that would have been, fuck, 23, 24-0? Going into WrestleMania 32, his home state, WrestleMania, streak... And if Roman beats God in a hand-to-hand combat fight in heaven in front of all of his angels, my God, uh, uh, he's he's the new God, right? He takes his place in the totem pole. You got a you got a cemented top guy for the next ten to fifteen years. Cemented. I don't know. I disagree with you wholeheartedly, man. Fuck Roman. He don't deserve it either. No one on that roster deserved that. He deserved it. I don't care what anybody fucking says. I don't care about anybody's opinion. I don't care how long you watch wrestling. That's bullshit. Don't tell me that fucking... Roman could have used the push. I'm not denying that. Well, we but... all agree it shouldn't have been Brock, though. <laughs> no, fuck no. Not Brock. And I don't think Roman. I don't think not anybody. Brock. Like, this shit, you tell me if he doesn't win, he becomes a god. He's isolated by himself. Yes! He deserves that. We can't <laughs> sit here and say that, oh, you know, he gave his body and soul, his life, his fucking left nut, everything in the world to Vince, but, oh, he doesn't deserve this unintentional organic thing that didn't happened. Didn't say he didn't deserve it. He's amazing. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, no, but you said you disagreed. You I said, said I disagree that he should have retired, that he should have retired undefeated. I said if he did do that, yes, he would have been set apart from everybody else. He's a god. He would have and he I'm not saying he doesn't didn't, didn't deserve that. What I'm saying is is that taking that aside that had he retired undefeated, yes, that would have been something he deserved. He has a business mindset. That's why he jobbed the Brock in the fucking first place. All I'm suggesting is no, that he if the he Brock was going to Vince said to, that's yeah, but in all honesty, Dave, if he would have looked Vince, if Vince would have walked up to him and said, "Listen, I need you to do this," if Taker would have said, "You know what, brother? It's been how many years? I got to tell you no on this one." What do you, you think Vince is going to be what like? Well, he, you know what? You're has off he the ever card? done that? Has he ever done that? No, he. Uh, okay, then he's not going to. To my knowledge, Vince knows I don't what know. He's doing. I don't but know Vince what he's doing. Vince knows made. what he's doing. He know you go to the guy. That you know is going to get it done. And he was slick. You know did you hear how slick up. he did it when he, he left the. Because he never leaves Gorilla during WrestleMania. He left Gorilla to go talk to Taker personally in the locker room, face to face. Dude, because he knows anyone else would have got pushed back. Yep. He was the one that had to do if it. He would have sent anybody else in that room to pass that message along. Taker would have been Dude, like, yo, I'm you tell telling Vince. you, man. You can't, he, he did not want to do that. He only did it because Vince asked him. 
Fine, but point blank and fucking period. Fine, but you know what? You're a grown man. I can't take while well, Vince told me to. Like, you're a grown man, bro. You can't do that. You I can't, can't do that. You I can't. can't de- you can't detach the situation and put unbiased. And uh, you can't add an unbiased into it. It's a. It's a father son deal. It's it. It against his better judgment, yeah. he will always do what's better for the business, aka what for Vince. Vince says yeah. period Prince. you gotta take all logic out of this so i don't think you gotta it has take all logic to do. Out. <laughs> i don't think i don't think it has anything to do with the fact that undertaker knows what's best for business because that's obvious i think and he the way he's been saying it and a couple of these things that's come out he and his heart wanted to end his career with that record yeah so maybe. if he wanted that maybe. why couldn't he get it and he wasn't gonna ask for it He's not going to ask Vince for that. That's what I got from this. It, and it's sad. It makes me sad that he just did what he did how many, how many, in an empty room. How many hoes get to tell their pimp no? Listen. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You're just proving my point more. You can't say he should have just manned up. He's not going to. He'll slap anyone in that locker room right. dead in the face. But that's what I'm saying. He will some not hoes, raise his voice hoes, to Vince. Some hoes do. He won't. That's what he we won't. found out. He won't. But there's a lot of guys that do. Steve did it. Sean did it. Brett did it. And that's why and that's why Vince sat in that ring emotional. Yeah. Because that was his bottom bitch. He knew it didn't matter what was happening. It didn't matter what was going down. Every time he looked over on my left was the Undertaker. Every, Every single time, time he looks over and he gives will, a wink, he knows it's going down the he way he wants. He will never have that kind of friendship ever again because that is not another man on the fucking planet that will just sit here and let that motherfucker say whatever he wants to say. Not one. That's why all of his current talent don't run through a fucking wall for him. They don't run through a fucking wall for him. That era is dead. That era has been dead, bro. This is a business era. And all the people that are in this business right now fed off of his fucking mentality. Because all of us Attitude Era kids grew up with the company that broke all the rules. Because that's how Vince got it over in the Attitude Era. He broke every rule he could possibly break to get over in the 90s. And it worked. And that's how we grew up. So when you sit here and try to put rules on me... Fuck you and your fucking rules because that's not what you did. You led by example. As a matter of fact, because we're deep into this shit already, we had some AEW shit that we were going to talk about. Fuck all that. I'm this. We're going to put that shit on hold because I'm already fired up and we need to get into this other shit. What do you know about the Zelina Vega situation? Let's get balls deep into this. Yeah, it takes us right into that. Um, honestly, Selena Zelina Vega's. I looked I looked it up, I looked into it. Dude, I I don't you're gonna have to take the reins on this one because I really just I don't care. I I understand where they're trying to go with it. Right. But this situation, and I could be one thousand percent wrong. This ain't it. This ain't gonna be the thing that turns it over. No. Again, I could be wrong, but no. I just I don't give a fuck about this. I really don't. Now about her or the point of what we're getting at with the whole you No, the point I agree with. I right. agree with the point. This I, I don't care about. Okay. I don't even I don't I've been in and out of wrestling. I don't remember her. At well, all. you wouldn't have remembered her because she's relatively new. Two or three years at the most. Maybe. She's she's new. 
Which Listen. is why I'm gonna I'm bringing up the name because it's 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 topical, but this is a springboard into a much bigger fucking conversation. We're not gonna sit here deliberating over Selena fucking Vega. That's not at the end of the day. About. At the end of the day, Selena Selena Vega looks super weird in my eyes because I understand what she's doing and I understand what she's trying to stand for or what she's trying to bring up. But at the end of the day, coming from her is not going to be an impact. No. Unless your biggest guys are on your train, yeah. you're just going to look stupid. If you don't, it, I don't care if 30 people in that backstage signs a petition. If it ain't, if it ain't McIntyre, if it ain't Triple H, it ain't if it ain't Orton, if it ain't Roman Reigns, yeah. you're going fucking nowhere with this. Right. It's just important news that just annoys me because right. I but don't no, but give here's a fuck thing. about your cosplay. But here's here's the thing though. This is why I think we have to have this conversation. Because I don't think the big names are necessary anymore. Hear hear me out on this. This is why I wanted to bring this I'll entertain I'll entertain you, but spoiler alert, I I disagree. Okay. But go ahead. All right. But just follow me on this ride. If you still disagree at the end, that's fine. But I just yep. wanted to create a train of thought for people. So the only reason why I'm bringing Zelina Vega up at all, everyone knows all the facts already with the OnlyFans and the Twitch, and she didn't want to give it up. And, and I just want to clear up for everybody who was on this bandwagon, oh, she made a tweet about unionization. That's why they fired her. You're an idiot. And I want you to know that you're stupid and that your your breath stinks, and that you're dumb, and that you need to wear open-toe shoes to count to 10, and you're just moronic. And, and I want you to know, from the deepest part of my heart, I fucking hate all of you, because it muddies up the water. When stupid is the first thing to hit, it's hard to get facts out of things. Okay, And when she tweeted, I am not in the room with Zelina. Well, fuck this. She's not Zelina anymore, right? So Thea, okay, because that's how I know her. That's who I worked with, Thea. Okay, so I'm not in the room with Thea. I'm not in the room at WWE headquarters. I'm not in the room with them while they're tweeting. But it doesn't take a fucking genius, maybe a few brain cells, okay, to figure out that if Thea tweeted at one point and then what, 32 minutes later, a WWE tweet gets out that she's released. It doesn't take many brain cells to realize those two tweets do not correlate together. Okay. She was fired long before her fucking tweet. She got ahead of the tweet, which was brilliant business when you think about it. She was escorted out of the building? I don't know about all that. I'm not going to talk about it. I thought I read that in the article. Maybe maybe she did. Maybe she wasn't. It doesn't really match to my point. I don't really care. Because her her whole deal has nothing to do with the bigger and larger part of all this. Okay. This whole third-party thing, and I stayed away from it for forever because I wanted to make sure I had all the information before we got down to this. This whole third-party with Twitch and, and even YouTube to a degree, and, and now we've... I didn't think we'd have an OnlyFans problem, but apparently now we've got a fucking OnlyFans problem now, too, as well. All this third-party business, it was never an issue in the past that was overly important. This is why I was leading toward... I don't necessarily think we need the big names, but th- th- and this is why. In the 80s, Jesse Ventura, okay, former wrestler, former commentator, former mayor, of, no, governor of Minnesota, whatever the fuck, he, uh, he attempted to unionize the wrestlers and the boys back in the 80s. There was a lot of money being thrown around. 
a lot of bullshit being thrown around by promoters. And that was when the independent contractor thing started. Late late 80s, right? Where we're supposedly... Because we as professionals, we are, in this business, we are independent contractors. I... My AJ Orsini is a business on to himself. This laptop is in front of me, is my office. This is a, my whole life is on this right here, and my backup drives. This is my business. I am an independent contractor. I'm employed to no one in the wrestling business. That's not how the wrestling business works. And I'm not gonna go tooth and nail over how this whole thing works, but independent contractor is a very specific fucking term. And for whatever reason, and WWE has treated their talent like employees under the uh, independent contractor label, okay? WWE has been Puerto Rican married to all these people. Okay? <laughs> it's been a Puerto Rican marriage for years. I'm going to treat you like my wife. I expect you to treat me like your husband, but I will never fucking marry you because you. if I marry you, I got to give you benefits and fuck that. Hmm. All right? WWE superstars pay for their own travel. All right, WWE superstars are paying for their own insurance. WWE superstars pay out of pocket for hotels, for food, everything. They pay out of pocket for fucking everything. The only thing that WWE really puts a fucking money down is when you get injured in a horrifically big fucking way. Okay? And it's on TV, and everyone knows you were injured on the fucking job. And, and you know, see Mick Foley in any matches that he's ever had, right? Shit like that. Mm-hmm. They've done some things with the uh, my naked son just walked into the room. Hey, what's up? Go bring that thing out to the room. So, uh, the WWE does not inherently work with these people like fucking independent contractors because an independent contractor can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. You're mm-hmm. leasing my talents for whatever reason, whatever job you have set aside or whatever, and then that's it. And I go back and I do whatever I have to do. Yeah. So when the whole Twitch thing and all that stuff started, everybody, all the fans on the internet, well, this is bullshit. They should be able to do whatever they want and blah, 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 blah. And then I found the leaked lawyer contract. Okay. And I read that on the show. This was literally, I think, just before you started um, co-hosting on the show. Gotcha. And I read the very fine print that you're supposed to read. And by the way, this wasn't very fine. It's actually in section. It's pretty big you can't miss it especially if you're reading your contract before you sign it they are basically telling you in their paperwork they own you they own your likeness they own your name they know they own your moves they own the way your clothes look everything everything so when people say well because cody rhodes is a big thing well he can be cody rhodes that's his fucking name wwe owns it they can't own a name yes the fuck they can if you sign you sign away let me tell you something people this is something, this is, very, this is basic knowledge. I can take a piece of paper and write, I own you. I own your likeness. I own everything. If you read it and we notarize it and you sign it, I own you. It's mine. Yeah, it's mine. That's how the music business works. Mm-hmm. That's how the movie business That's works. Business That's how business. life works. Yeah. I don't care if you own a lemonade stand named Rico's Lemonade. Mm. If you sign saying that you give me the rights to Rico's Lemonade, guess what? I own that bitch. And whatever you make from it, I'm getting a cut. It's not that hard. Please proceed. Yes. Well, that's pretty much where I was headed with this. They they have done a magnificent job 
at making sure that everything that they bitch about, everything that they want to take charge of, that they do. Okay? And they do a very, very good job of that. So if you don't want to be owned, it's a very simple process. Don't sign the fucking contract. Don't sign it. That's why I people have been looking at me weird this whole time on social media because they're like, oh, this is bullshit. And I'm sitting there, and people think I'm defending WWE. No, 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 no. I am not defending the WWE. Okay? I'm not. This practice, the way that they're practicing is shitty. But I can't fault them either. Because if I'm going to tell someone, listen, I need you to sign this document so you can come work for me. But before you sign, I want you to know that when you sign this, I will own every facet of your life. I will own where you are at all times. I will own what you wear. I will own what you say. I will own what you eat. I will own what you poop. I will own what you drink. I will own everything about you from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. But I'll pay you pretty good and I'll put you on TV. All you need to do is sign this. If you sign that, you're a fucking idiot. That's it. That's just the only way to go about this. You're a fucking idiot. Zelina Vega went on her Twitch and she was very emotional, right? Because I'm sure this was a very jarring situation for her. I'm sure they intimidated her. I'm sure they put on the works, you know? She's not a very big person. She's the smallest person in the room. Who's she married to again? She's married to Aleister Black. Who also should have his balls removed because they just fuck his wife and he's still there. I don't know what that's about. I, I would not be there anymore. Uh, Why am I drawing a blank? The big guy, right? No, he's not a big guy. Tattoos, does that roundhouse kick, the heavy metal entrance. He used to come okay, up with the, Yeah, all right. So, yeah, so he's still fucking there. He tried to leave the main roster because he didn't want to be around Vince anymore. He said, I want to go to NXT. And they're like, no. You're going to sit right here, and you're going to look at my face every fucking night and remember that I'm the guy that fired your fucking wife. There's nothing you can do about it because I own you too. When I was a kid, there was nothing more that I wanted in life than to be a WWE superstar. Right. That's the dream when you when you watch wrestling. And, and even when you if you didn't watch WWE, if you grew up watching WCW, whatever the case may be, you wanted to join the biggest company for the most part for the last, I don't know how many years, what, 40 years. The WWE has been the the biggest company in the world, period, bar none, not, not even a conversation, right? They're the best. They're the best and the biggest company in the world. But that's when you were a kid. Thea had the same dream. I've worked with Thea a thousand times, okay? Before, during her TNA run, after her TNA run, she, you know, her, she's cousin with Red, and she was at a lot of House of Glory events. So I got a chance to work with her and be around her. Her whole mentality from the minute I met her to the minute I stopped seeing her because she was traveling around so much uh, was to be a WWE superstar. That's all she ever wanted. I'm going to be in the WWE. I don't know how. I don't know when. I'm just going to keep pushing and see how that works. <clears throat> it was her dream. There's a lot of people who go to the WWE. And they're, you know, it was, my, it was always my dream to be here. Kevin Owens did a whole promo with Jericho. Oh, I used to have your poster on my wall. You know, shit like that. Like, I did too. I had a whole room full of pictures. And I had, like you always say, the computer with the stats and all that stuff. I was a huge WWE fan, and I knew one day it's like I gotta get into this business. And when I do, the goal is obvious: I want to go to the WWE, right? I'm a grown adult male now, and I would be fucking it would be fucking lunacy for me to go to the WWE. It's I don't like understand when you how grow, anybody it, could do that now. 
it's like when you grow up and your parents are your fucking idols and then you like realize later on in life that they're just human and they they do like they got weird things about them that you may or may not agree with. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you're yelling so at me for like, dope you know and you guys I smoke wanted dope. to be like you when I grow up, but now I, I, I'm going to take some of your stuff, but I'm going to go do my own thing. <laughs> what hurts my heart is that during the era in which I loved it the most, the 80s and the 90s, right? This is when I loved wrestling as, as a fan fan. Like not I want to do this or looking at intricate things about the matches or just fan, just taking it for what it was, the 80s and 90s, right? During that era, when I loved it so much, this is when, this is when he did his most damage to wrestlers. He was feeding steroids to people. This is an accusation. This is all documented fact. He was giving people opportunities to drug up. He was giving people opportunities to, to, to skirt the line a little bit. He was putting in people who had concussions and were injured on the job and were traveling around. He was, what was the, uh, the old adage? The revolving circus. They were on the road 300-plus days out of the year. Jim yep. Cornette, every, every, uh, every uh, Jim Cornette episode, I listen to every single one, when he does his deep dives and when he does his episodes about what it was like to be on the road for Mid-South and, and all this other stuff, he would talk about a ludicrous schedule and then would end it with, well, at least it wasn't the WWE schedule back in the 80s because that was murder. Like, can you even fucking imagine a guy who's on the road all the time looking at somebody else's schedule and going, yeah, I'd rather do this. Like, they're doing double shots every night. Look, here's the thing, man. It's a known fact. Everything that you're saying is a known fact. There there are episodes of like documentaries and all kinds of shit out saying this stuff. There right. are people there are videos of Vince in that interview where the guy was questioning him and he like smacks the paper being child like all that is out there. We yeah. know this. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the main point here. Why do they keep signing? Okay, so here's yeah, right, right. Why do they keep signing it? Perfect. Okay, so uh, whenever people talk about what we're talking about right now, and Zelina Vega was the one who sent the tweet out, right? I support unionization, right? My thing is this: I am currently a part of a union myself, right? I work in the education field, right? So I'm part of a I'm part of a union. During the course of this entire pandemic. Yep. Now, now, before I get to the pandemic, the, my relationship with my union is a love-hate relationship. Every relationship with a union is love-hate, right? There's going to be sometimes these motherfuckers, and there's going to be sometimes you're like, oh, thank God that I have fucking union. The pandemic right. is one of those times where I was like, oh, thank God that I have this union. <laughs> because right. there's a lot of shit that hit the fan, and if we were not unionized, there would have been a lot of bullshit pulled and a lot of things yeah. that would have went down. So it has its pluses. It has its negatives. But here's the point. My union says this all the time, and I think it's absolute truth when they say the strength of your union is based on the weakest member. Right? That's what they always say. We can only be as strong together if we stay strong together. As soon as motherfuckers start getting into their own shit and rocking boats and not following the plan, fucks everything up. Now, I mentioned in the 80s that Jesse Ventura attempted to unionize. It did not work out. Now, why didn't it work out? Two reasons. A, the big names, like you said. Now, this is the big names of that time, so we're talking what? Hogan, Piper, 
mm-hmm. warrior, guys who were figured in, right? These were the right. top guys. Right. They don't want a fucking union. I'm not no. the ones getting shafted here. You motherfuckers They're are capitalizing the ones. on yeah, the this should, Yeah, okay, the system's broken. I'll give it to you, but bank error in my favor. I want to collect 200 fucking dollars. I'm not going to sit here and jeopardize my main event money so that everyone can get a cut. That's bullshit. Yeah. Especially for a guy exactly. like Hogan. Yes. Who would rather, I, I swear to God, I, if Hogan had a $5 bill in his hand, he would put it into the cup of a homeless man and pull out two singles. Like Listen, he, Hogan wants to fuck your wife. If you think he doesn't want yeah, his money, you're yeah, out of your you're mind. You're out of your fucking mind, right? So we're talking <laughs> about the mindset here, uh, not not just the time period, but the mindset. The second reason it failed, not just because of the top names, because even people who were involved at that time will tell you they had more than enough support. They didn't really feel like they needed the top names, but as you and I both know, you need the top names. That that means something when you're trying to pull a coup. You need you need the heavyweights. The heavyweights are only for one reason, money. Right. If you do not affect his money, nothing will change. Right, absolutely. Right. So that's why when the big guys didn't change, uh, didn't change over, it complicated things. But that wasn't, in the end, what the main downfall was. The main downfall was that in order for you to unionize, or at least at that time, one of the, ways, one of the best ways to unionize is you kind of had to do it in secret. You had to first get a feel with the with with the people, you gotta see. Okay, are we in this together, right? You start having meetings. You start talking to people. Words getting around. You, are you in? Are you not? What do you? How do you feel? It didn't even get to the hey, we're gonna unionize part because you have your guys on top. They're not gonna fucking sit here and tell you, yeah, sure, let's unionize and fuck all this shit up, right? So they're not gonna sign. So you got your guys in the middle, and then you got your guys at the bottom. And the guys at the bottom, believe it or not, are the ones that fucked this whole thing up. Because they know they're never going to be top stars. And if we unionize and make everything the same, I'm not going to get picked. I'm not as good as everybody else. So what they did was, hey, boss, uh, there's some rumblings in the locker room about this whole union shit. I don't know nothing about it, but you might want to talk to Jesse. And then all of a sudden, oh, hold on. Jesse, what you doing here, brother? I, I'm smelling mutiny. What's happening now? You trying to say they're they're using this to their advantage to eliminate they, some of the mini cards and they can go up? They would take the situation for what it is and use it for them. Now, they are going to say, "Hey, I don't know about this whole unionization thing, but you might want to talk to Jesse." Then they talk to Jesse and they go, "Oh, because you know Jesse's a Jesse's a real man's man." And mm-hmm. Jesse will tell you to your face. Yeah, I'm talking about union, and I fucked your mother. What happened? This is a Tuesday. What's good? He's he's a man's man. He's not gonna lie. Jesse Ventura is is not gonna lie to anybody about nothing. And if you want to fight about it, he got no problem fighting you about it. So of course he told Vance, "Hell yeah, you're fucking us up." Okay, you're calling us independent contractors. We're not. As a matter of fact, years later in the '90s, Jesse Ventura was on the Howard Stern show. Y'all can YouTube this, and he said, "I don't know." How the government has allowed this for years. They're not independent contractors. And he laid it all out. So it wasn't just the big guys. It was the small guys. They were snitching and they were giving people up. And they were like, look. And then they would get the favors from the boss after that. Hey, you know, we call them in the wrestling business. We call them stooges. They were stooging off. He was like, hey, listen, you, you know, you... You keep me on the cards here. You keep me working over here. I'll let you know what's going on in the locker room and blah, 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 blah. And that's why the unionization never worked because nobody's on the same page. 
The top guys are trying to protect their wallets. Guys in the bottom are trying to bottom feed so they can get to the top. And the guys in the middle are just getting fucked over. So it never happened. Here, however, is where I think today is a completely different day. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Back in those days, you got to remember, the 80s. This was the, the era. I don't of, think it's any different today. Oh, wait. I think that it is. Okay. I really do. Just hear me out on this. This was the this was the decade or, or the you know that era, so to speak, seventies, eighties, even the nineties to some degree, was the area. Of, if I can give you an analogy of the, it was the era of the uh, major market area. Whenever you did business, especially television, Jesus Christ, whenever you did business, the big time play. You have to be to to be considered big time. You've got to go to the big time places. You've got to go to New York City. You've got to go to Dallas. You've got to go to Los Angeles. You've got to go to Miami. You've got to go to Chicago. Those are all the places. Memphis, this is where you make your money. You can't become rich and famous being some Yahoo, yeehaw motherfucker from low-end Idaho or some shit. You can't be from fucking southeast Iowa and become famous. That's not going to work, motherfucker. you got to go to the major markets. This was old school. This was closed-circuit TV stars back in those days were important. Those were the big draws. Oh, we got to have these stars come in. So it was hard to unionize back then because Hogan's not going to fuck up his money. Fuck that. Every shot I make, I make money. I'm not going to fucking ruin that. And so on and so forth. Today, and I, if anybody's going to be blamed for this, you know who you can blame? Vince McMahon. He did it to himself. How many times have we said it on this show? There are no stars anymore. There are no stars anymore. Every time somebody gets over as a star, they purposely go out of their way to fuck it up. They don't want to live in a world where a star can outgrow them. They don't want a Stone Cold Steve Austin. They don't want a Rock. They don't want a a Hulk Hogan. They want stars that they can promote the brand with. The WWE. That's the brand. We're not here to make brand new fucking stars. Fuck all that shit. As soon as one star gets tired, we take him out, we put him in the bottom of the car, we put a new cog on P- on top. That's what they've been doing for years now. We don't have any major fucking names. You name the bunch of guys that got over. Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. You named those people because they're what we consider top stars in the locker room today. Are any of those guys Austins, Rocks, Hogan's? No, it's an era. It's an era thing. Right. That's why we would have to ask someone who grew up with them if, you know, if they feel how they feel about these guys. But that's my point. It is an era. We are in a different era. We're in an era of the self-made millionaire. This is it. This is this era right now that we're in with technology and everything like that. We have the more you have more of an ability to be a self-made man now than ever before. Now you can live in Southeast Iowa and become a fucking millionaire. Now you can live in some whole dunk backcountry town somewhere in Tennessee and still fucking become a millionaire. You don't need to go to Chicago anymore. You don't look at the sports athletes now. They're not playing for New York and Chicago. They're going to go where the most money is and I'm going to get paid because it doesn't matter where I am because I'm the star. I'm the brand. And that's the real reason they don't want these people doing third party shit. Because like we just said earlier about Sasha and Hot Ones. 
It's like they're getting notoriety from something else, not our brand. This is bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. It's business. We just so your point, your, so your point here is that, yes, the Drew McIntyre, all those people, they're going to follow suit because they're the Hogans of this era. They're the ones that are feeding off of all the, you know, what what WWE makes, they're getting the most because they're the big stars. They don't give a fuck. They're content where they are. Right. It's the middle card that isn't doing that. However, because more of these motherfuckers have a side hustle or an opportunity be- to become their own entity, right? that's where you believe that more people are likely to fight because... It doesn't matter if one or two goes away to be a mid. Everyone mid could have their own thing and be their own star somewhere as well. And you think more people would fight because they all then in turn become their own Hogan's. Somewhat. Because the only part of the puzzle that you're describing that, I, that I, I'm saying a little bit different is the top... In my scenario... The way that WWE books its programming, everyone's a mid. They've made everyone a mid. They've done this. In the past, if Hogan would have signed that contract deal, not contract, excuse me, if Hogan would have signed off, yeah, let's do a fucking union, let's make sure everybody gets their due, let's make sure everything's on the up and up, right? If Hogan would have signed up, he would have been punished. He would have been taken off TV, he would have been taken off the road, that would have affected his money. Taking Drew McIntyre off TV and taking Drew McIntyre off the road doesn't affect his fucking money. He's on, a guaranteed, he's on a guaranteed fucking deal. Now, not everyone... Oh, Contract-wise. Yes, exactly. So he has the upper hand. He, ha- no, he doesn't have an upper hand. He just has some cushion. Because if the WWE... Like, look at Zelina. They just up and fired her, right? So if Drew McIntyre was like, you know what? I think it's a fair deal. I think everyone should have a fair shot. I'm going to stand up for the boys. I think we should really do this. And they go, you know what? If you're going to rock the boat like this, I think we're going to take you off TV. You know what the realization is going to be? Drew's going to go, you know what? Pandemic? COVID? I'm like one of your strongest characters right now. You're going to take me off TV because I want to unionize? Okay. Fine. Take me off TV. I'll make my six figures somewhere else. Because he's going to get paid the same thing somewhere else now. New Japan will match. AEW will match. There's options on the table. You're not hurting, Drew. You're hurting yourself. Because the talent pool... is. This is a disrespectful thing that I'm saying, but the talent pool isn't the same that it's been for years. All right? The people who are over now are not over like it used to be. You, If you take a piece off of the table right now, who are you going re- to replace with? Who can, If McIntyre said, fuck this, and left, who are you replacing him with? Orton? For the 20,000th time? You'd have to rebuild a whole new star from scratch, and you're not going to be able to get that magic back the way you just got it with Drew. It's not like before when Steve Austin would break his neck so The Rock would step up. Rock has to do a movie, so Triple H. They're not that stacked. They're just not. Right. So this is the perfect time because they have purposely gone out of their way to make everyone feel the fucking same. You, we just went over the Survivor Series card. We didn't care about any of it. So what the fuck is... How, what upper hand can the WWE actually have? They just fired Zelina Vega because she didn't want to get rid of her third party. You know why she didn't want to get rid of her third party? Because she makes more money 
on Twitch and OnlyFans than she does being in the WWE. Why on earth would I give... And she, you know what? I'm going to give her credit. This was her dream. I know this was her dream. I've heard her say it to me to my face a thousand times. And she gave up this dream because financially it would be stupid to give up your third-party money for a, for a company that's not fucking paying you equal amount to those opportunities. That's dumb. Based on how your financials work out, the WWE is your side hustle. How the fuck does that happen? And I can make a fucking argument that during the COVID area, she was the fucking MVP. She was in every fucking main event. All of her, every time they had a problem with COVID and someone got sick and they can't come in, she was the whole show for, what was it, March and April, right after WrestleMania. She was the COVID era, and they fired her anyway because they're like, okay, she's going to step up, she's going to defend herself, and we're going to fire her, and we're going to show everybody else that we mean business. And the minute she was fired, everyone went public saying, this is bullshit. They didn't scare anybody. They started, ta- they started to get people talking. Can this be done? Can we right. actually do this? Because what happens? What, like I think CM Punk said it publicly. What are they going to do? Fire you all? And replace you with who? Right. Who's coming into the WWE right now and just going to be a star? In the COVID era, they have no shot. If everyone got on the same page and said, you know what? We're going to do our own thing. And this is how we're going to run us from now on and the WWE is just going to have to deal with this what the fuck can they possibly do nothing there is nothing the WWE can do even if wrestlers in general forget the WWE for a second because the WWE is not wrestling wrestling exists if WWE WWE folded tomorrow we would still have wrestling there's this thing still exists it's a breathing thing aside from that one piece if AEW, which probably has the best shot, because that locker room is solid. They're a family in there. If AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Rev Pro, I mean, you just go down the list and just decided, okay, we're going to create a union for all the boys and all the girls, and we're going to get together, and we're going to work this out. We're going to come to an agreement as to what's okay and what's not okay, how we're going to treat each other, how, how many dates we're going to be working, everything. It could be done. And, and and if everyone did it except for the WWE, do you know how fucking fast they would lose talent? The WWE, as of right now, has lost more talent. with that, No union conversation. They've lost more talent over the course of the last two years than ever in that short of a span. People are running screaming. Dean Ambrose was a main event WWE champion, and he ran screaming from that fucking company. This is not the WWE of old. And I keep telling people all the time these fucking stories that people tell. Well, it's been my dream for forever. I always wanted to be a WWE superstar. That's what they feed on. That's what they hit you with when they give you the contract conversation and they start talking to you about money and this and that. They, oh, you know, we just want you to continue to live your dream. We just want to, oh, fuck off. Pay me or what the fuck are we talking about? Right. Well, they're running into that. There, that's a whole new era that's coming in, man. They're gonna I'm have to do smarter. something, and it's not. It's it's not. I don't know if you've been keeping up with the, uh, like, 
podcasting and like all this other stuff, it's not just exclusively wrestling that's running into this issue right now. Oh, no, the thing that's right. going on with Dave Chappelle yep, and everything right. like that. Absolutely right. SAG. So, yeah. SAG, it's, SAG it's, has been discussed for us now. I don't know if you've heard this. What? SAG, some of the people from SAG, they spoke to Zelina Vega because they're just, you know, just think about it. They're not on tour. They're, they're not doing house shows. They're recording a television show every week. These people fall under the category at this point of actors. So SAG, the Actors Guild, has been talking to, uh, we know officially Zelina Vega. Who knows um, how many other people that they've spoken to about this. Andrew Yang, uh, the politician. I forgot what position he's in, but I think he's supposed to be involved somehow with the Biden administration coming in. They, he has taken a very special interest look at this. Because, remember, independent contractors still have to pay taxes. And when they mm. pay taxes, they file under independent contractor because that's what they're being labeled as in their contracts. But if they have not been independent contractors legally, by definition then that's tax fraud in a big, humongous way. And that's on the WWE's part. I'm not referring to the wrestlers and to the boys. I'm referring to the fact that wrestlers, like the WWE, is not filing correctly by, late, by, by cutting off the expenses that they should be giving these employees by listing them as independent contractors. So Andrew Yang has taken a huge interest in this. So this may not even be a situation of unionization at this point. It may be a situation of just just the legal ramifications of where this could wind up. This is a, this is just the beginning point now. This is the only reason why I brought up Zelina, because it, it's really got people talking. But I really hope, as a performer myself, I, I really hope that this conversation stays around for a while. It's even, going to. Even if it doesn't really move anywhere. I just want to keep the fire flamed, you know, just this, this, this the debate, the discussion, just so we can see where it winds up because there are just too many loopholes. There's, it's always been like this, but people are finally listening. People are finally talking about this. And I think it's time. It's, I think, well, who is it? Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn's like, why don't we have an off season? Why? And I've talked about it on the show where I came up with the idea of since you have split rosters, you can give certain you know, talents a rotating shift of, of time off. Like, Seth Rollins is about to have some time off, but that's because he knocked up Becky. I mean, he's not like, can you imagine if he'd have been like, yeah, I'm tired. I think I'm going to go home. They're like, no. Mm. Which is what an independent contractor should be able to do. Right. But, they should choose. Be able to choose what they want to do. It's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to work this pro this program, so I'm going to go home now and do whatever. This is how CM Punk, I don't know how many people followed up on that, but when CM Punk went home, he just went home. And they were like, he can just do that. He can just go home. And Punk was like, I'm an independent contractor. I'm going home. Right. And they were like, uh, but you have a contract. And Punk was like, really? I have a contract that states what? Oh, it states that you have to do X amount of dates and blah, blah, blah. Right. But what is the contract labeled under? What was this contract filed under? Well, independent contractor. Correct. And as an independent contractor, I am waiving my right to be paid for the services I did not render, and I am going home. Correct. And the WWE said, wait a second. But that's a man who's not afraid of the repercussions. He doesn't right. give a fuck if they break his contract. That's right. what he wants. Right, that's what he wants, exactly. But see, this is, this is where it got crazy. So, they, so he said, I'm an independent contractor. And WWE's like, correct, you are an independent contractor. Right, so I'm going home. But no, you can't go home. Wait, 
Listen to what you're saying. <laughs> Follow me on this, guys. I'm an independent contractor. I am waiving my right to be paid for services not rendered. I didn't. Don't pay me for it. I didn't do it. Right. Right. Just pay me the residuals that you stated you were going to pay me for the remainder of my contract, and I'm going to go home. And I'm going to be out of your hair. And then the WWE sued Punk. So he's in breach. And a judge looked at that paper and said, you said he was an independent contractor. And he's like, well, yeah, he is an independent contractor. Okay, so then how was he in breach? Is he demanding services? Uh, is he demanding pay for the remainder of his contract? No. Yeah, is he asking for the rest of his salary? Yeah, is he asking for the rest of his salary? No. Has he waived this? Yes. Has he waived this? Yes. So then what are we talking What's about? The problem? He won. And the reason he won, he said public, I won because I'm an independent contractor. Those dates and everything they put in those contracts, people look at that and they go, oh, well, I can't leave. It's the same thing with the, whenever you get terminated from a contract, they have a thing called the 90-day clause where you can't compete or perform for another company within 90 days. And Punk had zero interest in competing in another company. But for shits and giggles. When, they, when he won his case, he went to the judge and said, I don't, wanna, I don't want the 90-day clause either. You can get rid of that too. And then the WWE was like, oh, so what does that mean? You're going to go wrestle for – I'm not wrestling for nobody. I just, for the fuck of it, take this shit off because he can't – that shouldn't even exist. I'm an independent contractor, and I terminated the contract on my own. Why do they have a legal right to tell me I can't work for 90 days off of a contract I terminated? I terminated on my side. I went home. I ceased all business with this inter interaction with this company. Right. This company does not have a legal right to tell me I can no longer work. And the judge said, you are correct. So they waived it. Now, he didn't go anywhere. But like I said, for fun, he was just like, fuck it, just to prove to you how stupid you and are. The fucking crazy thing is, is that even though he showed that it can be done, people are still signing well, well, and wait. they're still doing it. This is what makes it worse, though. So right after him, maybe a year because I think his thing went down in 2014, and I think 2015 or 16, Del Rio gets fired. So it was like a year or two after Punk's case. Del Rio gets fired. And Del Rio uh, gets released, and he has the 90-day clause. And then he did, I think it was like two weeks after he got fired, he did um, House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, independent show. He showed up as Alberto El Patron, right? He just changed the last name or whatever. And he showed up. And the WWE gave him, served him papers for violating the 90-day clause. And he took it with a smile on his face. And he said, cool, let's go to court. And they went to court. And he brought up the punk case. And he was like, there shouldn't be 90 days. And the judge was like, you know what? You're right. And that was it. He won. <laughs> so, like you said, precedence. It could be done. Can Absolutely be can be done. They just got to have the balls enough to do it. Yeah, so we got all hyped up here on the union stuff and all hyped up. We got hyped up on Taker and Survivor Series. We got hyped up on so many shit. We left two things out here. We left the AEW out and the goddamn social media shit that happened. But you know what? I'm going to let those fuckers sweat, bro. Mm. I'm going to let those fuckers sweat. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tag them and I'm going to let them know. The heat's coming next Wednesday. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to DM that section specifically to them. 
uh, just to give an idea of what I'm talking about, uh, the Street Profits and the New Day. I was uh, I had posted on social media that I was uh, digging the match, which I was. Thought it was a great match. I was totally digging it. I didn't like the finish. Uh, the finish was uh, it's, a, it's a, I guess they were calling it a super blockbuster or whatever. Uh, yeah. But it's I've always called it the Street Sweeper because that is the finishing maneuver for Santana and Ortiz over on AEW and when they were in Impact as LAX and when they were EYFBO with me and forever. And that's been their tag team finish for a long, a long fucking time. And as somebody pointed out, well, they didn't invent the move. Well, no, they didn't invent it. But it's their fucking move. I didn't make, I didn't build my car from top to bottom, but it's still my fucking car. Right. And I would like for people to not steal it, if at all possible. So, <laughs> so there's uh, a lot more to be discussed on that. And I'm going to get more in-depth on that because I think people have a hard time understanding why I disliked it so much. I didn't hate it. It was still a good match, and they actually did it really well. I give them credit. And to be honest with you, if Santana and Ortiz were right here in front of me, they probably would have just chuckled and laughed and walked on with their fucking lives. But there's much to discuss with that. So next week we're going to get balls deep into that. We'll get into I'll, it. I'll send you some stuff for the rundown, and we'll we'll talk more in depth with that stuff. So glad we got a chance to get that union shit out of the way, though. It was burning my chest out. We spent a little sure. bit more time on it than I thought, but we I think we drilled the point home pretty good. What do you think? I thought it was pretty good. I still believe that you need the big guys a part of it. Fine. But um, I'm not saying that hey, it's not gonna hurt. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, let's see what happens. It's I, it, this is much bigger than wrestling, though. This is much. This is huge right now. This is there's going rights. to be some type of change coming very soon when it comes to contracts and the way that people are being paid because the big. The people who control everything are starting to come to a realization that I think it's the people that are starting to come to a realization that they really don't need them, uh, but they are good for something. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of things unfolding. It'd be nice if these guys get taken care of and you know get the proper money and get the proper care. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't have to pay for everything if they're a part of this company that's requiring them to do something. But again, only time will tell. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. It's all about engaging conversation. Before you can begin to solve a problem, you have to first admit that there is one. That is a very, very important deal. All right, right. guys. We're going to take off here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing and of course thank you for enjoying you see how i walk through that one that time see that's that's called being careful and cautious that's how you sign off <laughs> you tiptoe do that shit. tiptoe i gotta tell you it's all about pacing you gotta pace yourself triple h style all right guys good night 100 episodes now pay him and make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at pro wrestling slash a-j-o-u-n please he needs this Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.